Hello everybody and welcome to the first episode of this inter-season journey we'll be going on because, oh boy, we've got some bangers coming up for you. I am your host, as always, Jack Chambers-Ward. Joining me, also as always, it's Matthew Stockton. I'm not all alone in the dark. I like the dark. I love the dark. But I hate sequelizers. I hate sequelizers. That's fair. It's uh, taken years off my life. Yeah. <laughs> Ten seasons will do that to a man. Yep. <laughs> And speaking of things that will take years off your life, it's Tim Matum. <laughs> Never go up there. It's filled with Mr. Stockton's sec- uh, sexual torture devices. <laughs> well, that's a little you too didn't close say to it home, in Spanish, Tim. <laughs> Sexuale torture. It's de- 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 torture. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Something like that. Uh, basically, that, yeah, a little, little too close to the, to the line there, Tim. <laughs> you know, it's we, how we're we, never allowed upstairs. We yeah, have to yeah. stay. We record on you the... stay uh, the, in your room. Yeah, we record in the living room of the Stogden household. We're not allowed up in the Mr. Stogden's attic. Yeah. What about that area? Never go there, Simba. <laughs> <laughs> we can sequelize where all the light touches. Not there. <laughs> not there. <laughs> not the third floor. Yeah, we were, not we're, the garage. <laughs> We are, in fact, not talking about The Lion King this week, but we are doing a sequels we'd like to see, which has become a bit of a tradition as the opening episode of our regular in-season outgoings. Mm. We are talking about an 80s classic, and we'll get into various sequels that have been tried to be made. We'll talk about the movie, and we've actually got pitches of our own mini pitches coming up about what we'd like to see from a sequel to 1985's The Goonies. Mm. Oh, yeah. Before we get to all the pitches and all the discussion about the Goonies and all that sort of stuff, I'd like to give a little thanks to the wonderful people on patreon.com slash sequelizers because they make this interseason possible. They make the show possible and free for all of you listening on the podcast apps around the world. If you go to patreon.com, you can get ad-free episodes, early access to episodes, exclusive merch, discounts on merch, bonus episodes in the interseason. You get full bonus episodes, not just the outtakes in the main seasons. You get full exclusive Patreon-exclusive episodes. Mm. We've got some really cool, interesting topics. I, I, I we always, always do. I almost feel a bit guilty sometimes because the exclusive stuff is often really good. Not to toot our own horn, but like, yeah. that's a really interesting thing to talk about. It's because we don't relegate them to afterthoughts. We're like, we want to talk about this. And like, okay, great. That's, that's a Patreon yeah. one. And we pick just like, yeah, that'll be a Patreon exclusive. So yeah, yep. they will be coming up throughout the interseason. There'll be three exclusive episodes sprinkled throughout. Of course, we've already got the movie commentaries. We did three of those in season 10. They're back. They will also be back for the next season when we get around to season 11 as well. There's all the outtakes, including us playing a Mean Girls card game and all kinds of shit that you can catch up on very easily. So cruel. (laughs) Where Matt was out and out racist to me. I was hideously (laughs) offensive. I thought this would be really funny. I don't mean it, but it'd be really funny. Jack says this all the time. Like, nope, just... (laughs) Nope. So if you'd like to understand what the hell we're talking about, please do go to patreon.com slash sequelizers. And if you go to the highest of the tiers, you can become an executive producer and get a shout out on the show, just like these fine folks have done. Hyper Dude Man. Oh, you idiot. You oh, put it on upside down. Dork. If God meant to do it that way, you'd all be pissing in your faces. Josh Van der Sluis. <laughs> Marcus Lindstrom. Kids suck. James McDowell. Don't say that! Never say that! Goonies never say die! 
Xenos. Is your mommy here? No, sir. Actually, she's not at the market buying pampers for all us kids. <laughs> Philip Morgan. I can't tell to A sharp or if it's a B flat. She gets the wrong note or B flat. Josh Miles. Because it's their time. Their time. Up there. Down here, it's our time. It's our time down here. Stuart Main. And Jonathan Firth Clark. Captain Chunks does. Let's get the hell out of here. They are executive producers for this week for the first of this interseason episode. Thank you for your support. Like I said, you make this show possible and make it available for free for everyone else. And yeah, it's it, it's a hell of a thing you do to support us. We've even yeah. got some executive producer picks coming up later on in the interseason as well, much like we do in the main seasons where they pick the films for us to fix. They also get to pick They're topics for us to discuss. significantly more reasonable in the interseason. Yeah, which yeah. is kind of weird because they can go much broader. Yeah, we've had we've had in the past interseason episodes dedicated to a single actor. Yeah, mm. we but, did our, which was an executive producer. Yes, exactly. Yes, from Jonathan Firth Clark, we yes. did Donnie Yen, which yeah. was an interesting discussion. It's like, what's the remit? Well, it has to be a, a sequel to a film. Well, that's tricky. Let me think about ones I I don't like or dislike or want to see again. It's like, what's the interseason film? Yeah, and <laughs> movie discussion within certain boundaries and limits of like well let's make that work and we, we, yeah. shape, we shape and mould them together basically not, yeah. like, not yeah. to give those maniacal maniacs an idea but yeah. I'm surprised nobody has done a pick for a sequel they'd like to see do you see what I mean like yeah whether they would try and well, command the power of no. doing this episode I don't know yeah mm. good point good point I don't know I don't, I don't know if we'd allow that we oh. wouldn't we'd veto it I'd veto we, it yeah there we go we, 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 we say... gotta rain them in sometimes <laughs> yeah <laughs> We just, 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 you know, when you're you're bowling and you're young and your little, uh, the buffers come up. Yeah. The little, uh, the bumpers. The bumpers. Just keeping you in the lane. That's all <laughs> that happens to be. Yeah. And I feel like we have a, we have a very symbiotic relationship with them, where it's like they they keep us humble, and we keep them humble. It's like they 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 make us do stuff like Paul Blart too. Yeah. Uh, and it's we, all and, very venom. And we're then we the kitchen yeah, making eggs. And then we turn around and tell them that they're they're horrible. <laughs> But they, still do it. And yeah. they go off to a nightclub for some reason and it's weirdly homoerotic but never really explained and not actually represented well. You know how it is. If you haven't seen Venom 2. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, let's talk about an 80s classic, shall we, gentlemen? Let's talk about a film that came out between your births, if you will, in 1980. <laughs> in 1981. That's how my timeline is. Matt Stockton, The Goonies, Tim Matum, something else, me and I mean, technically, yeah. is the universe has created Matt Stogden. Yeah, the yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, it's also the, the timeline of man. Yeah. yeah, Jack has to navigate the eighties using our dates of birth. Yeah, now. Pretty, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> that's my, how I do it. My wife was born in eighty-five. So there you go. There you go. It's the Emma Jane of yes. films. Uh, <laughs> yeah, she. Yeah, just surprisingly violent. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> swears a lot. Surprisingly sweary, small, and surprisingly yeah. violent. Yeah. Also yeah. up for an adventure. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Um, I'll, I'll go first because I think this will be um, an interesting uh, sort of introduction to how we uh, experience this film. Mm. I'm a product of my time. Yeah, the, 18, <laughs> the 1830s. Yeah. Big, big pause. I don't know what a moving picture is. Um, no. Um, so there are so many 80s films that I have grown up with and experienced. I mentioned this like the Karate Kid episode that I like or dislike, but I don't have the same level of 
powerful pangs of nostalgia sometimes because I'm like, no, I acknowledge this is bad. I enjoy it or whatever happens to be. The Goonies is one I saw very young of the appropriate age, effectively, um, similar to the cast-ish. Um, and it was classically dark and scary. It was Indiana Jones for kids, is how it sort of felt, essentially. Because Indiana Jones, I know it's for kids, for family, basically. But they're surprisingly dark. Um, and the Goonies are surprisingly dark. But in the very uh, Saturday morning cartoon, we talk about something like when we talk about Monster Squad at times, Monster Squad is a different version, essentially, with the Universal Monsters, basically. But that feels a lot darker. It's, I mean, I'm trying to think back. I don't think the Fratellis ever really shoot at any... They're, like, the they one, shoot the cops. They, they, shoot, they shoot the ground to set fire to some petrol to ring yes. the cops with fire. On screen, they don't kill them. They kill the two, like, investigators. That's true. That's yes. true. But, has, he but, but he has but, a bullet hole in the head. Yes. Badly done. But, but for the yeah, film, yeah. it's mostly peril rather than violence yes the kids are mostly in danger of falling off stuff yes as opposed to these italians are going to shoot them in the face yeah they, <laughs> they back away from the fratellis and then fall through a hole yes. or slip on a thing yes. or whatever. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. very yeah and it's also this era where it's like before you get into the 90s overprotective bubble wrap the children sort of stuff it's around the time of like kids just go off and i mean the classic thing people say now like in facebook posts when I was a kid, you'd go out the door and you'd bike an adventure and you wouldn't come back till the sun was down and you had these times that lasted forever. Now kids have screens. First of all, fuck you. Wow. Because kids were being kidnapped. It was a bad time. <laughs> it wasn't like, oh, what kids a wonderful... Still being kidnapped. That's what I'm right. saying. It's like, like, it wasn't like, oh, it's, it's just because you happen to have a good time as a child because mm. you didn't have to pay bills. But I saw it at an appropriate age and it was dark and scary. I was terrified of sloth. Even if he's like redemptive and like, oh no, he's a great guy. He's a good guy. He's with us. No. <laughs> I'm still like, yeah, but you, you, you've made, you've set this guy up as such a terrifying literal monster for half of the film. It's so mm. hard for me now not to see this as a terrifying creature, which is the worst possible, most 80s message you can give on it. We're trying <laughs> to be really supportive. It's like, no, you are not. Yeah. You are, you are literally creating phobia for children for generations. <laughs> point is um of all the bits and pieces of all absorbed at the time in the 80s um and the 90s more specifically uh i have a lot of fond memories of the goonies i've watched it many many times was very quotable uh it felt in that real spielbergian donna kind of way kind of real because the actors would talk all over each other yeah so it felt relatable in a straight way that you know it would inspire you to go off and have your own little adventure effectively and what you meant was you'd cycle to the park and say, imagine if we found some gold here and you cycle home again. That's pretty much it. Yeah. Um, so I have a, a, a fondness for it. And there's always been talk of a sequel, always been talk of a reunion mm-hmm. for as long as fucking time immemorial. Um, and it's up there with other things like um, Back to the Future and uh, Gremlins and arguably Ghostbusters of 80s things that are like, oh, it's a kid's film. And like, I don't think you've seen this film recently. <laughs> I don't think you know what this actually is. Except this one veers much closer to, nah, it's just, it's quite scary. It's Pirates of the Caribbean level, you know, monsters mm. like, yeah, sure, but, um, because it's still universally terrifying because of the fact that it's practical effects and things look quite mm. scary. Well, mm. they used a fact that I found out. Mm. They used real skeletons yes, in part of it. And yep. it's like, it's a bit 80s. macabre. Yeah, no, it's, it's kind of like, <laughs> Oh, we'll just manhandle this person's body. It's like, yeah, yeah I, I mean, again, I've used a real skeleton on set, but I was like, trying to be like remarkably respectful in the right word of that thing. Mm. In the sense, like, 
no actor will touch this. We're not going to puppeteer around. It's mostly just the you know, remains that have been experimented on by this alchemist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the idea is that it's very eerie. It's like, this is the remains of a human. Mm. It is a very uncomfortable thing to be around. I've worked, I did work experience in a mortuary, so I've, I've experienced that. But I am the, 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 what I assume the audience may mirror and may in fact expect of all of us, which is, oh yeah, I saw The Goonies at a young age. I really enjoy it. Enjoy it. I still would say, yeah, some people should watch it. And I assumed you guys were the same. <laughs> I was wrong. Yep. So let's switch about to Tim. Uh, yeah. Uh, the 86 this, boy. This is going to be chronological order, not just of birth, but also of viewing. Yep. Correct. Because uh, for my first viewing <laughs> of The Goonies, you have to jump forward to, I'm going to say, about 2007. Wow. Yeah. Um, I didn't see it until I was in my early 20s. I think it was a case of uh, the girl who I was seeing at the time was like, you haven't seen The Goonies? Ah, yes. Um, yeah. So, yeah, and so we watched it. Um, so I have no nostalgia for it um, in terms of it being a, a film that I'd watched growing up or anything the, like that. The cold, hard, analytical light of your 20s. Exactly. <laughs> but also you like this girl, so you're like, eh, <laughs> I better like it. Um, so I, I saw it then and I thought, yeah, it's good fun. Like, obviously, for kids, but also a kids' movie of a diff- a slightly different time when just children was treated slightly differently. And even growing up in the in the nineties and the kids' cinema that was coming out, then you could already feel that move was being made of sanitizing children's content a lot more. Um, Definitely, and. I think that it's it's a very interesting film. Um, it's incredibly of its time, um, in in a fascinating way. Um, but yeah, so I I remember watching it and thinking, yeah, that was good. It was I think in the way a lot of things are that have that kind of cult appeal. That if you don't see it as a child and have that affection, often built up over multiple viewings, especially if you're a child of our generation and it would be like the kind of thing where oh you have it on vhs and so and because mm, you've only got yeah. eight videos in the house you yeah. watch it over and over yeah, um true. so i don't have that association like i say so i watched it and i was like yeah it's pretty good but it's no hook you know <laughs> <laughs> see that's a prime example of like yeah. a film that if you introduce people now it's like this is fucking long yeah <laughs> <laughs> what is bangerang exactly yeah. yeah um which i mean in a lot of ways is entirely comparable um but yeah, also has yeah. that that like none of the kids in that are swearing no, um, no there's a mm. full on 90s sheen to it yeah. yeah uh even though it's got some very like it's both spielberg related and, and yeah. all that oh, kind yeah. of stuff there's a lot of connective tissue yeah. and it's only five years five after. years after yeah, yeah. It, uh well, six, but, but the point is you're right tim that's a very very astute c- comparison because mm. we're stepping away from uh, John Hughes. These are all little adults, little bastards. Uh, and and then you do this sort of straight line, stand by me, Rob Reinery kind of thing. We're like, mm. oh, they go to real drama and stuff. Yeah. Like so the nineties found of, a corpse. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> to the nineties era of like, let's get back to a bit more fun. Yeah. No real danger. Yeah. Not smoking. Yeah. And it doesn't it doesn't happen all at once because I think there's stuff more into the nineties. You can still see definitely elements of that. But I think it speaks to you know certain. Uh, kind of censorship and conservatism uh in in media and stuff like that 
Anyway. Yes. I saw it then. I thought it was fine, but it didn't grab me, even in the way of something like uh, The Princess Bride, which I saw around the same time. Sure. Um, and a, a little bit younger, um, but was, was very much like another family slash children's film that I had not grown up with. I saw when I was, uh, yeah, about that age. Yeah. And The Princess Bride I watched and I was like, this is great. Uh, the Goonies, I was like, this is competent. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I hadn't rewatched it until earlier this week. Sure. And I rewatched it uh, in preparation for this. And I, I had much the same feelings. I was like, there's a lot about this that is very charming. There's a lot that I really enjoy. There's some very 80s like storytelling choices in it. Of course. Um, but uh, I think overall, it's, it's good. I can see why it appealed, why it has a, such a dear place in people's hearts. Yeah. It's, 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 it didn't feel like it was talking down to you as kids. Yeah, it, I think that's... Again, a very Spielbergian thing. Put the camera at their level, not the adults' level, looking down at them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and just so many of those things that I think have a sort of inherent appeal to children across the ages. Like, I think there's elements in there that even if you showed it to a kid of the right age, say, I don't know, eight, nine, ten nowadays even though there's so much in it that feels so of its time mm -hmm. i think there's elements in there that are very enduring i think you know hidden treasure treasure maps and all that kind of stuff rube mm. goldberg machines yeah these kind of like homemade gadgets the idea that like oh there's escaped criminals in your area and you might get tangled up in them yeah. to me these all seem and i who knows maybe this is me talking out of my ass and it's just because these are things that i think work well in like yeah. kids stories but they they all seem to have this quite universal appeal of that little rascals it, getting into trouble yeah and that idea that the you could very easily be dragged into adventure like it, yes. adventure is just around the corner kind <laughs> that's of a thing. brilliant way of putting it to um yeah. You that's could... a fucking tagline adventure is just that's around a, the yeah. corner absolutely yeah. absolutely and the thing is that you have to remember Young adult fiction from the can't believe I opened the sentence. You have to remember, as if I was there, because I wasn't there. From the eighteen hundreds, um, was very much like if you, back in my day. Back in my day, um, if you think like Treasure Island, what's the story? It's a kid who happens across an old dying pirate. Uh, yeah. well, not even a pirate. Just this this this, this uh, seafarer, and then gets roped in with mm. this other stuff with Smollett and Long John Silver, and he's like. Oh, I'm out of my depth now. I'm just a little boy. Mm. Yeah. Um, and kind of what's the story of Spider-Man? It's the, it's it's the like, little boy. It's Spider-Man. It's, it's, it's Harry Potter. Yeah. It's Marvel. It's kind of anything isekai. Yeah. Where, you know, that, 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 has a slight, that has a slightly more fantastical bent to it because it's a whole different world. Yeah. But it's still that idea of you can just be living your ordinary Normal life. kid life. And then yeah. you stumble into this thing. Yes. Um, Absolutely. Because that's also a fucking perfect allegory it's why it's so enduring it's a perfect allegory for oh this is such a gcse d d english thing yeah. transition from child to adult life yeah there are events that happen that suddenly it's like we can't go back now mm. childhood I they call that a coming of age story yeah exactly that. childhood innocence is gone we are now adults but not really we're still yes. navigating our way yeah. through this but the adventure has we've learned we've grown closer mm -hmm. maybe the real treasure <laughs> <laughs> Was sloth. Um, <laughs> now, as the friends we made was along the, the way, the gems we found. I mean, friends we made <laughs> yeah. along the way. Yeah, and never trust the Italians. <laughs> that's. I mean, that's just true in general. Yeah. 
Jack. Hello. Tell us about your Goonie experience. Uh, I watched it on... <laughs> Show where... us on the doll of where Richard Donner touched. <laughs> Fucking Whoa! <laughs> Whoa! Richard Donner's a saint, I think, maybe. <laughs> we could never tell what these days. No. Jack just reaches out and touches the heart and goes, right here. Oh! You touched me right here. I'll be right here. <laughs> right, Neil Breen. Uh, I watched it four days ago. <laughs> For the first time. So uh, we had someone so we had... who is in his um, single digits... Someone in his 20s and someone yep. in his 30s. Yes. We yeah, need so. someone who watched it first as a teenager now. <laughs> that might be my wife. Yeah. Oh, there <laughs> we go. But yes, I watched it as a 31-year-old <laughs> cynical man. <laughs> it's now your new favourite film. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I thought it was, it was yeah, it was decent. Like, yeah, yeah, well fair. made. And I can see why, you, I think you nailed it, Tim. Like, you can really see why it was such a, a big thing to kids of the time. If I was the right age or if this came out at a different time, I would have fucking loved this movie. Yeah. And I can see... Like the performances are pretty unanimously fantastic, even from all the kids having like their gimmick and it really working and really tying in. Like each of them has a thing to do, except maybe the girls, eighties. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they're there to be objects for the boys. I played yeah. piano once. Yeah, to be fair, <laughs> she does play piano, and then the, the first thing she says when she gets out, spoiler alert for a twenty-seven-year-old movie, whatever it is, um, thirty-seven-year-old movie, fucking hell. Yeah, uh, I just aged uh, myself there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I did the maths wrong, promise. Um, it was like, I want to learn piano. I'm like, oh, that's a nice little touch. And they all have their little like wishes they make to their parents mm, that yes, they yes. Uh, reunite with them at the end and stuff like that. But yeah, I watched it for the first time on Wednesday night. And uh, yeah, <laughs> we're now recording this on a Sunday, so that's four days ago. Yeah, <laughs> In the meantime, Jack went to London. Yes, uh, I wrote my pitch on the train. <laughs> nice half of it there half of it on the way back I, I wrote most of the season 11 pitch on the train recently so yeah <laughs> trains give you time to do stuff but yeah it was weird for me going back and seeing uh, especially Josh Brolin being like oh, that yeah. kid looks just like Josh Brolin still <laughs> and Josh Brolin's a big chinny old man now and it's like <laughs> that kid looks 35 and I, I, I know it's a weird thing of like going back and seeing people you've seen as an adult first going back yeah, and looking at them yeah. as kids they always look old as fuck. Mm-hmm. I was like, how does this 17-year-old Josh Brolin look like 35-year-old Josh Brolin? Because I can't unsee I know, his face yeah. going back through, whether it's like No Country for Old Men or W or mm-hmm. fucking Thanos. <laughs> like, yeah. It's a weird thing. They're like, Thanos is in this movie. That's really weird. Yeah. And then like Sean Astin, Corey Feldman, people that have gone on to be in other stuff as well. Obviously, my introduction to Sean Astin was through Lord of the Rings. We'll and, get to this in a second. But and yeah, then yeah. going back and being like, Sean Astin is young enough in the Goonies that I wasn't distracted by his face. Does that make sense? It does, when, it whenever does. Brand is on screen, I'm like, oh, that's Josh Brolin's face on a kid. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's like somebody has deep faked his jo- body. Yeah, it's like somebody has deep faked Josh Brolin onto a kid's body. Yeah. And like, because he's bigger, he's the oldest kid, he's bigger, he's taller than everyone else. And it's like, yeah. Is he secretly 35? He's just not said anything. It's one of those they've cast the 25 year old as like, yeah. no, he is actually like 18 in this. Yeah. And he's supposed to be like 17. Uh-huh. And all the other kids are like 14 ish. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, yeah. It's, it's even, and we will get to Stranger Things. Yes, um, we certainly will. Because the kids in Stranger Things are kids, I think mm. close enough to the age. Um, the older kids are not. They're in mm. their 20s. And that's just, you know, typical sort of casting situation sort of thing. Um, but yeah, the inverted version, I'll let you back to your, your experience in a second, Jack. The inverted version is when I was a teenager, 
and they announced Lord of the Rings was coming out. I was like, I am so excited. All we've had so far is the radio play stuff and the animated movie, which is an amalgam of books one and two, yeah. kind of. And like, who are the people? Okay, well, Frodo is Elijah Wood and Samwise is uh, Sean Astin. I said, wait, the Flipper Boy and the kid from the Goonies. <laughs> and then see my man. Flipper Boy. Yeah, I was like, are you out of your fucking mind? <laughs> again, now we're like, oh my God, what, yeah. am I, what perfect casting. Yeah. But like we do now with, are you, are you Chris Evans is Captain America? Are you yeah. dumb? He was the human torch five minutes ago. Yeah. When you go backward, like you, with yourself and probably Tim as well, it's like the idea of like, yeah. Oh look, shit! It's it's fucking Samwise Gamgee. Yeah. yeah, yeah. As opposed to the other way around, where you end up saying like, "Oh, it's fucking it's the guy, uh, the Frog Brothers, Lost Lost Boys." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. And also, oh, Donatello's here, <laughs> um, in Corey Feldman, and and you see it the other way around. So yeah. like when when Josh Brolin's career started to resurge, like Josh Brolin, Josh Brolin. Oh, from Goonies! The guy from the Goonies, yeah. You get these, like, child actors. And on the other side of it, for me, seeing good old Joey Pants, we love a bit of Joey Pants. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And being like, how old was he in the 80s? How old is Joey Pants? Is he 100 now? Yeah. How old is Joey Pants? Yeah. Like, Robert Darby Joey Pantoliano just... must be, like, 100 yeah. years old because yeah. he's looked basically the same for 40 years. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, he went bald when he was young, right? Yeah. Okay, that, that, he's Patrick Stewart. That's yeah. what he's done. Yeah. He's, like, he's looked 40 since he was 15. So it's yeah. like, there you go. Yeah. You get jowlier and you don't realise they go, oh. Yeah, um, exactly. Like Robert Darby. I'm like, oh, oh, the other detective the from Die, Die Hard. Hard. He's yeah. the Die Hard guy. Like, yeah. wait a minute. Johnson & Johnson. This is near Die Hard. Oh, that makes sense. It's yeah. that guy. He's yeah. got the, it's the Italian guy with the big yeah. face. Like, See, yeah, that guy. even the amount of times I've seen Die Hard, but to me, he will still be the bad guy from License to Kill. Yes. I thought that as well. I was like, yes, he's a Bond guy. Who the fuck? Why is he in yeah. Bond? Is I was like... Watching it, trying not to look it up and being trying to work it out. Like, yeah. oh, where, where do I know Robert Darby from? Is he, is he in the mask as well? He the bad guy? No, in the no, no, it's no. That's the other guy with the big face. Yeah, that's the guy from uh, Usual Suspects, whose name I've completely forgotten. But yeah, I know you mean. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was a weird thing for me and like explaining it to my wife, who had also not seen the Goonies, mm-hmm. despite her being a kid of the eighties. Um, but yeah, like having this conversation with people at work and friends of mine and, and things like that who are you know you guys as age sort of in that you know, mid-80s kind of range and yep. then people at work who are older than me who are like you know close to my sister's age like 10 years older than me early 80s late 70s kind of thing like, oh yeah i love the goonies mm. i grew up like realizing like you're the same age as sean astin that makes sense like <laughs> yeah you being imagine you being the leader of this group of little adventurers <laughs> and stuff being like this would have been the coolest shit in the world mm. seeing your like nerdy kid friends represented on screen i mean mm-hmm. like like you said tim adventure is just around the corner mm. this could be you and your friends all you have to do is look out the window and see a police find, chase or find something. find a treasure map exactly <laughs> find which in europe you find so many bits of like old pottery from literally centuries ago just lying about I, I, and castles i, I, I and find ruins. that so funny in america when they're always like there's this ancient house from 1921 you're like what <laughs> uh, my house is from 1920 I, I grew up in a cottage from like the 1500s yeah, yeah. which is older than america and yeah. i'm like wait well, i had to explain this to my canadian friend uh, yeah. when he came off my wedding last month he was like wait a minute wait, 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 wait. how old was the house you grew up in it's like yeah, yeah so it's there's a thing like the original architect guy carved it into one of the stones and it says like 1562 or whatever and he's like Wait, 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 they used, how did, how is it still standing? I'm like, I, I don't know. I'm not a fucking architect. I don't know how this works. Because they just... built it proper back yeah, in the day. Exactly, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. And it's next to a church from 250. He was like, mm-hmm. what do you mean? It's like, it's like a 2,000 year old yeah, church. Some Viking shit. Yeah, it's some old Viking shit. Yeah. Like, I appreciate Vikings wouldn't have gone to church, you know what I mean? It's yeah, the era. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. It's that era. It, it, it's like before the year 1000. Like, yeah. wait a minute, the year 1000. Oh, have you said that out loud? That's so <laughs> weird. And yeah, they freak out. 1632. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, yeah. Pirates and stuff, I guess. Like, yeah. yeah. yeah I, I, I went on a school trip to. Uh, you know, some Roman ruins from mm-hmm. 200 AD. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry, 200 BC. Yeah. You're like, what? <laughs> it's like, yeah. yes. Uh, so it is this idea that, it's, it's such an interesting universal thing because the idea that the adventure is the thing, the actual older aspect, like, oh my God, an old civil war thing. Mm. That's still like a hundred odd years ago. In the yeah. 1870s, mm. 80s, like, you know, that's 110 years ago. That's still mm. ancient history for kids. And yeah, that's the thing is that Kind of the age doesn't really matter as much yeah. when you're a kid because everything's Definitely. old. Yeah. That's exactly it. The, the idea of something being fifty years old, you're like, oh, that's that's old. Yeah, that's um, my grandparents. Like oh. uh, yeah. over a hundred is like anything over a hundred. You're just like, oh, yeah, definitely. the pyramids and, must have been built. Yeah, at the same and, time, it's like, and, no. And also, you don't have that sense of. It's harder to think of a sense of scale. If you, yeah. if you tell a kid something's a hundred years old, they go like, whoa. If you tell them it's a thousand years old. It's pretty much the same reaction because yes. it's just still yeah. incalculably yeah. old. Yeah, 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 and totally. you never really shake that because that's why you end up seeing these things circulate on the internet with, did you know that Cleopatra was closer to the moon landing oh, the yeah, building yeah. the pyramids? You're like, yeah. no, wait, what? No, what? Yeah. It's yeah. like, yes, the Egyptians have been for a long fucking time. While yeah. I was in London earlier this week, Emma and I went to the British History Museum. Oh, yeah. And it's just full of that kind of shit. It's like, mm. the first Egyptian empire happened in here and here. And yeah. The first dynasty this was this. Dynasty, it was like, yeah. Wait, 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 wait. So how long were they around for? It's like thousands of years. Oh, right. Shit. Okay. So they crossed over, like whatever is going on in Europe is also happening. And like, I, I am terrible for that kind of spatial awareness through time. <laughs> like, history, like historical awareness, geographical historical yeah. awareness of like, mm. so if it's the 1700s, what's happening in Japan is also happening at the same time as the stuff that's going on in Europe. Mm. And it's the whole like, the samurai existed at the same time as a fax machine. Yeah, because yes, the end of yes. the feudal era was like the mid 1800s, and the first fax machine was made in the mid 1800s. Mm. Yep. Like, how do those two things? There's those brilliant like things you see on the internet of mm. like these two things coexisted in history at the yes. same time. Uh, like the uh, I think it's Martin Luther King and Anne Frank were born in the same year. Yes. There you go. Exactly. Yeah. But we think of them so separate eras, of yes. such era yeah. that it doesn't yeah. make sense in our it, brains. It's 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 entirely down to we probably discussed this on the show before. Entirely down to how we're taught history in these compartmented segments. Yeah. And what really to 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 clarify from the Matrix, what really bakes your noodle is when you realize how much of it is connected yes this happens at the same time as this because of this like, yeah wait what yeah 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 insane shit nothing nothing more amusing than being british and finding out that britain wasn't always an island you know like, what yeah it's like it used to be an archipelago it's like yeah what yeah. um and it's like yeah and there's a whole bit connecting france and and britain called doggerland yeah doggerland what the yeah. fuck are you talking about some woods with people pull around back and just watch each other yeah. fuck yeah um but, that's, a very, that's a very British reference. That's a very British reference, yeah. Um, I, I don't know what you're talking about. But <laughs> I don't have a car. So, um, Matt, base- Matt, Matt doesn't go out to fuck. He goes to the attic up there. Tear my torture. Sexual torture. Everything the light touches, okay? But the idea that you would have this open world for you to explore things, even in America, it's still an old country. That's why Americans always say, oh my God, an ancient Indian arrowhead. Because it's 
you know, an older part of the culture. And you're absolutely right, Tim. When you're a kid, there's always like, hey, mum, do you remember World War Two? Shut the what are you talking about? <laughs> Do you remember when the Romans were here? What the fuck? Because <laughs> it's all just one big smear of time. So, mm. but I also remember being a kid and, we, you know, typical, you know, let's play this. Let's play Indiana Jones. And then have an argument who's going to be Indiana Jones. Let's play the Goonies. And always wanted to be Data. And <laughs> at one point I remember having like a mum sort of like very 90s padded shoulders kind of jacket <laughs> and trying to like have gadgets spring out of it and stuff. And I like, Found a small cardboard box. Yeah, I put that on my belt. Stupid shit like that. Um, basically, cosplay. Um, <laughs> but uh, it was a very... I don't understand in a weird way how and why it was so successful. I think it's because it was made competently, but it was made by some big powerhouse people who were going to promote it. Like Richard Donner had done Superman, mm. other bits and pieces. He was already established. He name. was kind of right in the middle of like the height of his powers. Yeah. Absolutely. He was about to go and do Lethal Weapon as well. Yeah. And then you've got, it's a Spielberg production and all the promotion was about yeah. Spielberg's doing this and Spielberg did obviously around that time, E.T., Indiana Jones. And it's like, oh, yeah. it's indie for kids. Oh, short and, rounds in it. Yeah. Kind of and, and like, according to certain reports, like Spielberg at least directed one sequence of yes. it. And it's maybe... one of those poltergeist, well, not yeah. entirely poltergeist, because Topo was a very different thing, but you're right. It's the whole, the hand is much more involved than you think. Yes. Yeah. Um, and written by Chris Columbus, who then went on to have like a career Home directing. And, and, and Harry yeah. Potter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's, it's the competencies, the levels of competency. Mm. It's not just that it's like a, ah, it's a cool thing. It's a perfect storm of this stuff. It's like, no, 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 no. It's like, again, we said this about Ghostbusters. It's not the Ghostbusters was the law or the designs, although these were all cool factors. Mm. It was these comedians who were at the height of their powers from SNL saying, we're going to do this weird, wacky story. Mm. It, you know, Dan Aykroyd's got a load of weird nonsense he's going to bang on about. Mm. We'll make it charming and creepy through Bill Murray. Um, mm. And people will enjoy it because we're having fun. Yeah. And then the second one, we're having less fun, more problems. <laughs> um, and, and that's where you that lightning in the bottle, which is why mm. when we get to the second half of this um, show, and also more importantly, uh, to discuss the reason there hasn't been a Goonies 2, it's so frankly, imp- I don't want to say impossible, so difficult to recapture that. Mm. Because I don't think, I don't think at the time, anyone wanted a Goonies 2 too specifically and by that i should clarify hmm. obviously sequels pumped out all the time oh my god i really like gremlins here's the gremlins too wow that's really different <laughs> but you'd like it in different respects oh i love my the turtles film here's two hmm. more of them ah cool um there's all bits and pieces and that's all fine but i don't i remember people like oh i would love more of that but don't worry because just watch the vhs again mm. and you get to the age we start absorbing more stuff yeah i mean i think one of the we talk about how the various like creatives involved less so the actors were at the kind of the you know the height of their powers or whatever i think part of the reason that it didn't get a sequel at the time is because they just had other stuff to do too goddamn busy you know spielberg and donna wanted to go off and do other things yes um and they're not the type of directors who necessarily do a lot of sequels. i mean donna does quite a few sequels but but spielberg doesn't tend to do sequels Mm. so much Mm. um and I think it was very much, it, it was from a slightly less sequel-heavy time. It was from a less IP-driven mm. period. Unless you're in horror. Yes. <laughs> then you are flooded with the bastards. Yeah. Um, it was also 
early in the VHS boom. Yep. And so people didn't... It, it, it was one of those films that... It, obviously, it did well at the time. I think it was a pretty successful at the box office and stuff. But it also had a second life of people watching it on VHS Absolutely. over and over and over again. Absolutely. Um, and probably getting licensed to TV channels as well mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, so I think it's one of those ones that gathered momentum and by the time that people were starting to go like oh maybe we should do a second one of these yeah it the time was already passed they're, they're in their and 20s it's, it's weird yeah and yeah. you're dealing with kid actors as well so there's a very limited time frame from my research that is exactly what happened weirdly enough in the early 2000s with the dvd boom DVD there it started is. selling very well and as you mentioned at the top of the show about there's been a bunch of like reunion things and like mm. Fucking every interview Sean Astin or Corey Feldman has ever done since 1985 yeah. has been like, <laughs> yeah, is yeah. there going to be a Goonies too? It's like, oh, yeah, maybe. I mean, Dick Donner wanted to do it, and then there's been a, like, Spielberg said, yeah, let's do it, and mm. then it never happened, and mm-hmm. this was in 2004. So it's like, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's um, the industry for you. Things you yeah. can, even if you want it to happen, sometimes it's really hard to get shit off the ground. Yeah. I've got a quote here from Sean Astin from 2007 talking about Goonies 2. It's an absolute certainty. The writing's <laughs> on the wall when they're releasing the DVD in such numbers. They'd be silly not to do it. And then Corey Feldman in 2008, no, there's no Goonies 2. It's not going to happen. There, I've said it. Now that I've said it, turns out they'll probably do it. Who knows? That was Brilliant. 15 years ago. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, um, they obviously did, but they've, as you said, Matt, they've done reunion-like gatherings at Comic-Cons and shit like yeah. that in various forms and stuff. Uh, Donna said it was a definite thing and yeah, it will happen. We've been trying for years, all this kind of stuff. Uh, weird enough, there is a Japanese video game that is called Goonies yes. 2 that's fucking mental. I bet you did your research thinking, oh, fantastic, I'll just lift the plot. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. Oh, I might have done that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, there was like, they were temp- trying to bring Donna back for like his final movie to do mm. like a 30-year version of it or whatever, yeah, like yeah. just before his death, he died fairly recently. So it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, trying to get Donna involved. Spielberg has said he would direct it at one point. Sean Astin has offered to direct it at one mm, point. Like that'd be interesting. basically everyone has offered to do various bits. Christopher Columbus has talked about it as well. Mm. There's been a million different attempts. Uh there's a TV show. Um Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, the bold type about a woman finding film students making a shot for shot remake of the Goonies, kind of like Rambo style, where they had that film where the kid remakes Rambo shot for shot and that whole thing. Yeah. And like yeah. yeah, that kind of thing. So there's yeah, so many different versions. There's a, like a Disney Plus thing that is apparently in development as of late last year called Our Time, mm. which is about going back to the Goonies and doing the whole. I don't understand. Yeah. I, I think that, I think that's the the one where it's the the people making. Yes, the shop, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, It's not a full on national so treasure. It, the the, the, no. t- it, the teacher's favorite film growing up yes and her assignment to the students is to make the goonies yeah <laughs> as their like final year project kind of thing mm-hmm. yeah um but yeah it has gone through three or four different iterations mm. as like from fox ordered it two years ago and then it changed hands again and then obviously now disney owns fox so disney yeah. cancelled that and then now like i said mm. currently rumored to be yeah or a disney plus thing mm. with uh lauren shula donna richard donna's wife mm. mm-hmm. being involved in executive producer role but then she disagreed with somebody and it's like oh, all right fucking hell it, it's, I mean, it's, it's absolute mess of like 
10, 15 different sequels trying to be made over the last like, 30 years. Or yeah. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I find it weird that The Goonies currently is not streaming anywhere in the UK. No, no. Um, which to me seems odd. It seems to be, it, to yeah. me, it would be like, oh, it's one of those perennial things that someone would always have it because it would always do well. There's always somebody who's going to want to yeah. watch The Goonies. I mean, it's, it, just to tack back for a second, I don't... At the time, and maybe this is the inaccurate uh, wording or cla- uh, classification, it felt like a cult hit. It felt like the Goonies wasn't everywhere. You kind of were in the know about it. But I also think that's not entirely true because I feel like it... Well, again, I remember people talk about the promotional stuff. I remember people talk about the... You had big cardboard cutouts and things like Blockbuster. There were still things that existed. But there was, uh, I think so it's much. slightly more cultish over here. That could be the case, yes. Um, in the same way that you get things like A Christmas Story, which is a big American yeah. classic and nobody over here has seen because it's just, yeah, you know. It's not on our radar as much. We're not, yeah. Well, it's not, it's not we're in, in the same way, musically speaking, the number one Christmas song over here that is always number one, always a guaranteed hit, mm. is Mariah Carey. Mm. And Americans are like, yeah, it's a cool Christmas song. Yeah. It's not the same level of, that's Christmas. Mm. Um, because of how much these things are played. Again, uh, It's a Wonderful Life, back to film. Yeah. I know we have it over here now more so because yeah. by extension of films, talking about it in films. Yes. Similarly, kids watching Stranger Things or films set in around mm. the 80s and 90s talking about the Goonies going, what's this thing, the Goonies? Yeah. So then you don't have to go back and watch it because it's like, oh, oh okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is, it's, a very, it's a very strange... Um, it's a product of its time. Mm. which is usually an insulting thing to say. Yeah. Um, in this case, it's a prepare yourself because, um, yeah, yeah, let's talk about it. So, watching The Goonies, if you haven't seen it in 30-odd years or if you're thinking to yourself, I've never seen it, I'd like to see it, you're probably either remembering it a certain way or you think it's a certain thing from how people have quoted certain bits and pieces or how it's been absorbed through osmosis and cultural references like the simpsons and family Mm. guy especially and yada 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 um it's an 80s film Mm. which means you have to prepare yourself for a lot of offensive shit kids saying the word shit i was surprised how much the kids said shit yep like that shouldn't surprise me this point because we have this weird pg-13 thing where you get a certain amount of shits and a certain amount mm. of fucks you can get one fucking 12a which again to yeah. me seems i'm not being a prude here i don't give a shit but it, i don't give a fuck Matthew. i don't give a good goddamn <laughs> uh but it is one of those moments of like why because it's not <laughs> just the idea that you trying to find a, 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 what bubble works best for the tone of this movie it's like yeah. we have one let's use it properly yeah. it's mm. like, all right okay because they they even delve on a little bit so I think it's Data who's not supposed to say the word shit, so he spells it out. Yes, but and that was like, that was because of his like the actor's parents correct, didn't yes, want him to. Yes. So I was like, that's a nice little character quirk. I quite yeah. like that. That's yes. a clever way of getting around it. And then Chunk is just like shit, 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 <laughs> shit, shit, shit. I'm like, why is this kid so so sweary? Chunk, this is, but Chunk then is yeah. kids are sweary. Yeah, like yes. the fact because we don't there's we rarely see them around their parents. Yes, it's them. Amongst their themselves, own. Yeah. yeah, and like I can remember being about that age. I, I you learn those words around. You've, you've learned those words, and yeah. I, 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 you know, I wasn't particularly sweary, but I remember people who were mm-hmm. in of that. You know, when you're kind of like ten to twelve, and there's yeah. you know certain kids who were just like that's just, and especially like because some parents do swear around their kids, 
Um, and, and if you've got older siblings, especially. And, and if you've got mm. older siblings as well. Yeah. And so if you just grow up and that's part of your vocabulary, even if it's something that your parents say and then go like, you're not to say that. Mm-hmm. You th- Behind closed doors, you will definitely yeah. Yeah. Um, look cool with your friends. I've literally heard my wife's cousin put his, this is a couple of years ago, his, uh, I want to say at the time, 11 or 12 year old boy on some steps saying, don't fucking swear. Why? It's Christmas. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. I feel like something here is amiss. <laughs> there's there's, a, there's a, a disconnect yeah, between yeah. the... And then you look over to the, you know, that, that cousin's, you know, my, my wife's uncle, the granddad going, mm. fucking hell. I'm like, uh, I feel like there's a path here throughout time. Not, not to, I'm gleaming it all. Not to drill down into the history of Cockneys or anything, but my dad yeah. raised me the same way as well. Yeah. Yeah. I swear like a sailor because my dad raised me that way pretty much. Mm. Um, yeah, but it was just for me, like, thinking of things like talking of Chris Columbus and talking about Home Alone and stuff like that. You get, like, one or two and it's like, a, oh, it's a big shocking moment and stuff. Mm. Like, There's no swearing in Home Alone. Exactly. It's rasa, yeah. rasa, rasa, rasa. Exactly, mm. yeah. And then, so then again, there's that kind of that sanitization we talked about in the 90s. Of that course. Kind of, yeah, that transfer from the 80s to the 90s. Me going yeah. back to the 80s, which isn't, again, it's not my era, is not particularly my... Mm-hmm. thing being like huh i'm not offended i don't care that kids mm. swear a lot but from a like cultural standpoint and from a timeline standpoint i was like oh wow these kids are swearing a lot this is weird yeah in the 70s it was like these kids are props mm. <laughs> and they're in a kid's film your kid's film hey don't talk to me like that and it's, it's the oh look they're little people as opposed to in the 80s it was starting to see the rise largely let's face it kind of through spielberg of oh they are literally little adults. Mm. Oh, God. And in the 90s, you had the sort of what I can only classify as the Nickelodeonification of things, which is eat my puke, you little gutwad. <laughs> it's like, that's not a thing. Yeah. But it sounds like it's offensive and yeah. I want to be... I'm repulsed by the way you're saying it. Mm. Um, you know, I wouldn't let you sniff my balls, you puke. Yeah. It's like, what? Does, what? Go suck on a dead dog's nose. I'm like, I don't... It's, it's bad. But he's not saying... Fuck you, asshole. Yeah. There's also, I mean, and, and this obviously varies from territory to territory, country to country, but there's also very specific rules, at least in the UK and the USA, about not just what swear words you can use, mm-hmm. but how they're deployed. Yeah, that's so true. there's a big difference between a character swearing because, like, they've dropped a hammer on their foot and they go, ah, shit, to pointing at someone and going you're a shit yeah like there's there's a difference there's the asshole thing which always fascinates me because i noticed this this is true in or was true in wwe for years because of course my american culture is filtered through (laughs) pro wrestling um where you can call someone an asshole Mm. but you can't describe the part of their body as an asshole yes you couldn't say like i'm putting a finger up this asshole yes you say Fuck you, asshole. The, you can say assholes yeah. like, hey, the you aforeman- asshole. Yeah. The aforementioned, um, the aforementioned fuck in a 12A. You can say, ah, fuck. I'll yeah. fuck you. Mm. You can't say, I'm going to fuck you. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. You yeah. Can, well, they were fucking. Verb, yeah. Like, yeah. It's like, oh, no, not that one. <laughs> yeah. 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 And so I think from memory, I haven't gone through the Goonies with a little notebook every time they swear. But to me, it's mostly them... It's very, there's very little direct. It's an, it's an exclamation almost always, yeah. Yeah, yeah. As the person who saw it four days ago, trust me, Tim. Yeah. That it's mostly Chunk going, ah, shit. Yeah. And, oh, shit, I've been caught and stuff. Like, yeah. yeah. If you'd like to know some numbers, boys. Uh, yes, please, Matthew. And it's not a, not a crazy amount. No. No, no. There's 15 uses of the word shit. Yeah, okay. And that film was it's a probably, PG when I was a kid. Probably yeah. what I would have guessed, yeah. to be fair. A boy spells out the phrase, holy shit. 
instead yeah, of how I say yeah. it. Mouth and Chunkatolta shut up a lot. I'm, I'm on the profanity. <laughs> Brand's mother stutters while trying to tell him uh, he'll be in deep shit. Uh, yeah, yeah, fine, fine, fine. Um, quite a bit of profanity, such as balls. <laughs> <laughs> Bullshit, holy shit, cut the shit, damn, and pissing, said multiple times by yeah, both children true. and adults throughout mm. the film. Uh, several, several very mild sexual references, but no sexual words or slang other than the once mentioned balls. <laughs> Idiot is said once. Yeah, because Troy does the whole like, yeah. I want to go the whole way with Andy, but they never say. No, no, no. It's, it's the whole third. I've, I've, I've never, even as an adult this day, <laughs> understood the second and third base. I don't get it. I don't. It's like baseball rules. You whack him in the face with a bat and run around in circles. I don't get it. What the fuck are you talking about? It's like the equivalent of like, well, you know, I was in school and we uh, hit it for a sticky wicket. It's like, I don't know what you're saying. Oh, a sticky wicket. That's, that's not... Some cricket that's, nonsense. That's, that's dirty, isn't it? I'll explain it to you afterwards, Matt. Don't worry. In the attic? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Um, yeah, I think it's... And it's interesting because there's... There is some... There's some very 80s stuff. Um, and especially like the way that the girls in it are treated. They just kind of appear. They just like, kind of, yeah. Oh, okay. We followed you here. You're like, yeah. did you though? Uh, mm. But I also, and again, I didn't kind of go through making notes, but there's elements that I'm like, oh, I'm glad and surprised this wasn't. Like, Data is Asian. I don't think there's ever any like anti-asian there doesn't feel like there's any racial sentiments. Shit, nope. there's no. um there's i don't remember there being any like homophobic language which is like you go back and watch bill and ted and you're like wall to wall oh my god there's so much <laughs> yeah it's um, a good point i'm no, trying to remember I don't think now. there is um, see there's the there's the fat shaming of chunk yes yeah. with mouth being a dickhead but mouth is a dickhead o- also yeah. looking back at it you'd think Chunk was literally the most hideously obese person. Yeah, yeah. He's a bit. He's got a little bit of a portly. belly. Yeah. yeah, and and also the fact that you get the sense from mouth, especially the way he is um, when he's showing uh, the housemaid through the house and doing mm. all this Spanish bullshit. Well, you get the thing that he's like yeah. a young brother or one of five or six, and he's yeah. just like a complete. He's yeah. the he's the biggest asshole of the group. Yes, which yeah. makes him the coolest of the group. And, and, and so that moment. As soon as she walks in, I'm like, oh, Mouth, you speak Spanish. I was like, oh, God, yeah. Mouth's going to be a dickhead. And he was just kind of funny. But all of his Spanish is correct. Yeah. And it's not like he's being like, uh, donde esta la sexual yeah. torture device? Like, yeah. he's speaking legit Spanish. He's not saying you're going to get deported. Yeah. That's exactly what a contemporary that's, kid would that's say. That's exactly where I thought it was going to go. Yeah. Mm. It was like, if you don't do this, you're going to get deported. Make sure we are all topped up with like mm. snacks and fizzy drinks and all this stuff. Yeah. He's going to do that kind of joke, which is the kind of thing I would expect, for, like you said, from something more modern. Yes. That would be the line. And he's just making like funny sexual jokes about like yeah. what Mr. Walsh is up to and stuff. But the way they handle the housekeeper, I was like, huh, they're not being racist. <laughs> mm. I was like, the kids say shit, they're not being racist. And the fact that right at the very end, Data speaks Mandarin to his dad mm. to say, like, you know, it's so good to be back with my family and all that kind of stuff. They have that, like, bonding yes. moment as a family. Yes. Mm. And also, like, there's that kind of cultural connection there as well. I was like, this is weirdly culturally sensitive. <laughs> How strange. Because we were in, in the very... Like now, in a weird way, you were in a very polar era, and I mean polar since like seventy thirty. It wasn't like the like the, oh, it's literally fifty fifty down the middle. I was like, no, 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 no. Representation, representation was not good mm. across the board. But you still had the whole enough filmmakers and creatives going. I kind of like this. Um, 
Spielberg being a big old weeb, for example, mm-hmm. and like I love me Kurosawa, and mm. you know it's the idea of like so therefore when I do a film with about you know anything to do with Japan, I want to be somewhat respectful to a degree because he still made a lot of interesting things <laughs> in yeah. Indiana Jones. Yeah. So there's still like, like lots of all stuff, but it's it comes from a we're trying sort mm. of thing. Um, as a comparison, very quickly for a second, um, just contemporary stuff. We talk about like let's say Stranger Things, as I always said, mm. is an enjoyable nostalgia rose tinted glass yeah. thing mm. with contemporary kids uh in in a in a sort of faux 80 setting which to be fair good because i don't need to see these yeah. kind of representations again um that being said have you guys seen let's say for example good boys no with jacob Tr- uh, no. tremblay and stuff like that no nope. um it's a very um seth rogan and yeah. evan mm. uh, thingy uh, kind of production that has an element of Goonies to it. Too. Mm. And I know people are like, fuck off. Yeah. But what I mean is, it's kids. There's three of them specifically. Um, they're friends. They're just trying to get by in sort of middle school life. And like, mm. you know, I, I want to do some things. And they get wrapped up in minor nonsense adventures. Mm. Um, but it still has the whole, we're going to use this drone to perv on girls. Mm. And getting taught a lesson very quickly. Um, oh, what are you going to do? We're going to go search the internet for sex. Mm. S E. Uh, you know, C. No, wait, wait, I'm back, back, back. Mm. X. Oh! <laughs> and it's like, oh, we're going to use these amazing nunchucks I found in my mum's wardrobe and it's, you know, sex toys. Yeah. And it's like, that kind of level of... Stu- but they're also like saying, there's one of the kids who's like got like, what looks like a, a River Phoenix style pack of cigarettes rolled into oh, his yeah, fucking t-shirt. Yeah. Like, 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 and he's like, hey, I, I'm, I'm cool. I swear. Shit. I might even say... Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's that level of, you know... Everything is hyper yeah. escalated yeah. to, oh my God, we almost got arrested. No, you didn't. Mm. What are you talking about? Yeah. You got chased out of a lawn by an old man shaking his fist. Yeah. We nearly died back there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so alive right now. Yeah. Um, it's, so there are elements of that still around, but in different forms from what we are used to in this particular movie. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it, it, it's interesting, given the era that it comes from, when a lot of stuff for kids in the 80s, if it wasn't specifically aimed at girls, you would have what's known as the Smurfette effect. Oh, where, yeah. Where mm-hmm. it's it's all boys, and then there's one girl, and her characteristic is girl. Um, Correct. The fact that you've at least caught two girls yeah. in this is like, oh, okay. And they have distinct personalities. Well. Yeah. They are They're identifiably not... different. Yes. yes. I think it's also notable or interesting, and I think this is kind of a product of its time, especially when you can compare it to more contemporary fare the characters in this are not wealthy no no they're not they're no, no. barely they're not even really working uh, middle class they're getting by they're getting by and their houses Relatable. their houses feel realistically small and but, pokey yeah and the whole driving force of it is the house is going to get yes. torn down by something it, rich developers rich, and golf, rich course, golf course which was, people yeah. always a never sort of, really explained but it's like yeah. that seems like but a that's thing. the thing it was people was, are horrible when they yeah, it was a relatable, a, small plot, a relatable plot point. The, the yeah. man is coming and he's yeah. going to bulldoze yeah. our town. We've got to save the rec centre. Yeah. Yeah. It's all that shit all the time because but, we get that kind of stuff now. People are not, people aren't wealthy. Yeah, yeah. but if you, if you look at kids' media, especially nowadays, oh, yeah. like, especially if you look at your Disney Channel type stuff, like the houses that the characters live in are always mansions. like huge. Yeah. They're these McMansion type things. Palatial attic spaces. Yeah, like, yeah. Where the fuck are you living? Whereas when the kids are crammed into the living room in the Goonies, yeah. they feel crammed in there. Yeah. It feels like there's not enough room for like the five of them to be there comfortably. Yeah, I think tying into that as well and tying into them swearing and all that kind of thing, 
I was reading some other reviews, some contemporary reviews, and like some modern reviews rather than sorry than contemporary, going back and retroactively looking at it through a 2010s or a 2020s kind of lens. People saying like, "Oh, some of the dialogue's really hard to follow. They keep talking over each other and stuff like that." I was like, "Yeah, that's how people talk." Mm. We consciously don't do it in podcasting. Even we still do sometimes, even though peek behind the curtain here we have a little hands up system here we do (laughs) that we established funny enough when we had to do it because of the pandemic because zoom calls had delays and all that kind of stuff so i would still be talking and then i would pause or delay and then matt would start talking and i would come back in and we'd be talking to the top of each other be very confusing for you poor listeners we now have a oh i have the next thing to say or i'd like to junk off your point i will put my hand up and say matt's finished his thing then jack jumps in and then tim will jump in with something yes. and that kind of thing and usually if we have like two hands up at the same time we have that moment of looking back and forth and, like, and it raise an eyebrow maybe <laughs> but it's you don't know it's listeners yeah. but we do but in real conversations you and your friends playing video games at home as as kids or yeah. watching tv with your friends or at the pub or recording a podcast whatever it is you end up talking each over, over each other and you're all having these different ideas and different things and they're, they're all looking at this map and trying to work out what's going yeah. on. One thing saying one thing and oh my God, what's this thing? And blah, 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 As blah, adults blah. who aren't around children, you forget the cacophony of sound. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's constant. Yeah. And I give credit for that. Like, these characters are believable kids. These kids don't feel like they're written by a bunch of 50-year-old dudes, as is often the case in so many, like... Oh, it's a bunch of kids going on an adventure and mm. they all talk like 45-year-old men. <laughs> like, well, I think cr- credit to the goodies, especially for the time as well. They feel like 12-year-old, 13-year-olds, whatever they are. They're like, you know, pre-teen, early teenager kind of thing. Sure. With Brand and Andy feeling a little bit older. But yeah, there's this like organicness and this kind of... I, I, like I said, I was pleasantly surprised by how well the dialogue kind of flowed between the kids and the chaos kind of tied into that in in a way that I kind of appreciated. Yeah, I mean, I think part of that is just that if you, it's it's a willingness by the film to channel the natural energy of the kids. Yeah, because they they there's like reports from you know Richard Donner and stuff just being like it was a nightmare. They all <laughs> got each other riled up. They were all just so hyperactive. Yeah, yeah. And you know that carries across to the movie in a way that sometimes films won't let carry across. Definitely. You look at, you know, the Harry Potter films, those kids are never really like oh, speaking each over each I, other and all yeah, that. Yeah. We all talk stuff. like this. Yeah. Don't you, Harry? Yes, Hermione. Yes, I do. We <laughs> it helps that it's like a sort this. of rigid school environment. So you still yes. get to feel like you're in your house, you talk, you don't yeah. settle yeah, down. Yeah. Come on now. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Very British as well. Yeah. That's um, true. Quite. But that but, is very quintessentially Spielberg. Yeah. I mean, Spielberg yeah. was notorious in the 70s where he'd create these, in inverted commas, real relatable family experiences like the uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Mm. It's like, they're at a dinner table, the camera pans around, all the family are talking at once. And it's like, mm. I can't tell what's happening. And rather than people going, this is unwatchable, everyone mm. goes, oh my God, this feels real. Yes. <laughs> and this so, is relatable. Yeah. as you guys said, between mm. Donna and Spielberg, it's like, a director who's like, I can't, I'm going to tear my fucking face off with these fucking kids. <laughs> you know, you give them the space, get them to do the energy, mm. get, them, get them the performance they need to give. And Spielberg being, is, is, is an Amblin entertainment film in terms of, you know, production and, and other bits and pieces distributed by, like, I think Warner Brothers and bits and pieces um, and other bits and pieces. The point is that essentially with the backing of Spielberg and Donna at the height of their powers, as we mentioned, you know, there's not the whole damn it, we've only got the light for so-and-so. We've only got these weeks scheduled for this filming. It's like, no, we'll, it'll take as long as it takes. Mm. 
get it done right. Yeah. 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 And there's not a lot of that now. You like, and also I don't think you could have that now because so many kids, thanks to, this is a fucking statement. Uh-oh. Thanks to YouTube Uh-oh. and the internet. Ooh. Kids are what about cam- the TikToks, Matthew? The TikTok <laughs> as well. Uh, kids are camera ready. Yeah. Oh, and definitely. They are yeah. terrifying and confident mm. uh, and excruciatingly well equipped when it comes to talking with and to cameras uh, and also incredibly impressive in, in their uh, eloquence with what they're saying mm. because everything is permanent. Everything's online mm. and I mean, obviously, not everybody. Some people are just screaming racial slurs down a fucking microphone to the computer. Um, things don't change. But because you are constantly aware of cameras and there's bits and pieces, it's not like if you put a camera in front of like a kid in the early 90s, late 80s saying, what did you think of the movie, son? Mm. Oh, I really enjoyed it. It was fun. I like the pirates. And like, fucking hell. Whereas now it's like, so great. I was amazed. The effects blew me away. It's like, how old is this toddler? <laughs> what the shit? <laughs> the Quizzit's Hatterack about to fucking appear. Anyway, so, yes, it, it is one of those weird things of like, because of the artists involved, giving them the space to make it. And mm. also, the, it, I guess, a level of respect of saying like, yeah, okay, let's, let's get them worked up. Let them do their own thing for a while. Mm. Now let's just focus. Let's try and do the lines. Mm. And you get this conglomerate of them trying to, as, as you, I think Jack mentioned earlier, the chaos subsides into, ah, this feels like they're getting back to the script. And then beautiful improv comes out of that mm. sort of stuff. And it's, you know, the, 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 the final time writing the film is the edit. Uh, Absolutely. And if you've got a good director and yeah. a good camera crew and sound recorder and all that kind of stuff, you can have it so that there is this hubbub going on, but none of it actually matters. And then if it's a plot-relevant line, that gets the focus given to it. And so even though you may not be able to tell every line that every character is yeah. saying you can tell what the important stuff is and the rest of it is just oh these are kids they're just yes. excited yes. you really notice that when there's all the hubbub happening and then every time mike will go but one-eyed willie <laughs> oh my god it's the yeah. new clue in the map yeah i've got the thing that yeah. does the thing that lines and rise of skywalker style that lines up with yeah. the thing perfectly and be like he will cut through all the chatter and they'll be like, oh no, we gotta yeah. die. we're stuck. We're all going to die down here. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, One Aston is a... Willie's new puzzle piece. Mm, yeah. Like, okay, yeah. And the thing is as well, Aston and Brolin and a handful of others, they're legacy people. Mm. They are, my parents are actors. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so it's like, uh, I mean, we, we always forget about, um, obviously, you know, James Brolin being Josh Brolin's dad yeah. means nothing to certain people, but it does to us. Kihui Kwan would have been, obviously at that point, I've been on Indiana Jones. Yeah. I'm a big thing. Yeah. Sean Astin, you have to remember that his dad being John Astin, if you don't know who John Astin is, he was Gomez Adams in the TV series The Adams Family. Yeah. Like, yeah. That? Th- how? Yeah. <laughs> um, um, but uh, just because they look nothing alike in a weird way. But they're professionals to a degree. So you have mm. that chaotic energy. But as, as, as you said, Jack, usually what happens is the attic scene is the best example of yeah. that. Where you have Brolin trying to say, yeah, whatever, guys. Come on, let's th- come on, mouth. Stop mm. messing around. And and Aston saying, "Will you get out from behind there? Hey, <laughs> hey, guys. Hey, listen to me. Listen. Yeah. What? One eye Willie. I remember my dad told me. And he's like going into his his thing, and it's like, it's it feels organic in the same mm. way that a stand up comedian like Dara Brian, for example, he will have a set list of stuff he's prepared for his mm. his live stand up set. But he likes interacting with the crowd, and it, you will notice these, or you shouldn't notice the stitched elements where he's gone and segued from a prepared line yeah. to talking to the audience mm. and then back to a prepared line that reminds me of the time this happened mm. and he's like 
how did we get back here again? He's like, that's quite clever because that's acting talent. Yeah. It, it's not the kind of film that he would ever make. Um, but I would be fascinated uh, if you could get a modern day like Goonies style film out of Sean Baker. Mm. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, he did, you know, the Florida Project. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Him working with kids, especially, uh, and getting those very naturalistic performances yes. and just absolutely feeling like real kids. Yes. Um, he'd, be, he'd be a very interesting. Well, yeah. Weirdly enough, and again, a very strange example, not the same tone in the site, is Jonah Hill directs a film called Mid 90s. Yeah, I really like Mid 90s. That feels like a goddamn documentary. Yeah. As in, like, filmed <laughs> at the time, sort of thing. It's, it's baffling, yeah. but yeah. Yeah. Well, talking about what we could potentially do, directors who could maybe do a, a Goonies. Oh, oh. 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 Let's, let's talk about our ideas. Indeed. For a Goonies sequel. Yeah. Get on my uh, data branded segue. <laughs> Just got booty traps written on it. <laughs> but I said booty trap. <laughs> oh, I trap and booty. <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you by HelloFresh. Do you feel like you're stuck in a dinner rut? Mm-hmm. With HelloFresh, you get fresh, pre-measured ingredients with mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. Skip all of those trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make your home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. You can now enjoy cooking and get dinner on the table in 30 minutes or less. With over 25 recipes to choose from each week, there is something for everyone to enjoy. All recipes are designed and tested by professional chefs and nutritional experts to ensure deliciousness and simplicity. And with me being a lifelong vegetarian, I'm always looking for new veggie options whenever I go eating out or if even if I'm cooking at home. I've got a factor in my vegetarianism. My wife is also lactose intolerant. We often cook a lot of vegan stuff as well. And HelloFresh has got us covered. Meals such as the roasted aubergine and chickpea curry with toasted coconut rice and yogurt. Oh. Sounds delicious. Serrano top cheese and pepper stuffed potatoes with smoky brava sauce. Garlic aioli and pea shoots. Hello, that sounds delicious. And my personal favourite, the one I did actually cook for my wife not too long ago, a fried bean and mushroom tacos with chipotle mayo and baby gem lettuce. That sounds good. We love some uh, faux Mexican food, like fried bean. We make like lots of tacos and fajitas and stuff in my mm-hmm, household. Mm-hmm. And these tacos were delicious. So, highly recommended for me. And if you go to the link in our show notes, you get 50% off your first box and then 35% off your next three boxes just by clicking the link in our show notes. That's 50% off your first box and 35% off your next three boxes. HelloFresh, the number one meal kit. So we've talked about the 80s a few times. Talked, obviously, the Goonies being 1985. You mentioned Stranger Things earlier, Matthew. I did. I'm going to talk about Stranger Things because this episode is also sponsored by Audible. And if you go to audibletrial.com slash sequel, you can get a free audiobook and a month trial of their fantastic service, courtesy of your boys here at Sequelizers. And the reason I mentioned Stranger Things in the 80s is because that's the title of the book I'm recommending. Stranger Things in the 80s, A Complete Retro Guide by Joseph Vogel. Oh. So if you like Stranger Things and you want to dive back into the 80s and find out all the influences and the references, speaking of Spielberg, speaking of Stephen King and all that kind of stuff, even talking about the musical references, we barely even touched on Cindy Lauper. Oh, that's true. And the fact that she wrote original music for the Good Goonies. Enough. <laughs> I'm just going to edit that into the actual <laughs> so yeah if you are a Stranger Things fan or a lapsed Cindy Lauper fan like Matthew over there clearly you can I recommend you go and check out Stranger Things and the 80s The Complete Retro Guide by Joseph Vogel and you can get it for free by going to audibletrial.com slash 
sequel. So should we get around to actually coming up with some ideas? Like we said, there's been a million sequels proposed throughout the last mm. 30 years or so, 40 years at this point. We've got three of our own to come up with. Ever so slightly. Yeah. Just, just a lube us in to get into it first. Oh, oh hello. Do you guys want to... I'm not going to ask. I'm just going to tell you. Okay. Do you want to hear the Rotten Tomatoes? Ooh. Ooh. Oh. I think we should guess. Yeah. Oh, well, let's, let's, go let's, ahead let's and play, guess. Let's play the fucking let's Rotten Tomatoes Let's just play game. the game. Do you have the uh, Rotten Tomatoes score for the Japanese video game, The Goonies 2? <laughs> <laughs> I see it in my Funny hand, enough, but I realize, no. No. <laughs> no, I don't. Uh, 75, I think. 81. Okay. I'll go higher. Okay, well, Tim fucking nailed it. But wow. Or, or not exactly nailed it. Let's not get a... Let's Tim not... fucking nailed it, but not exactly Yeah, nailed the nail went like, in the hole perfectly, but at the same time... Still could have been one smooth tkoom, but it was like tick-tock. Uh, it was 76%. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. Well done, Tim. So as good as. Yeah. Audience score, what do you think? Higher. Yeah. It's got to be higher. Like at 90? Yeah, probably around then. 85? Tim did the exact same thing again. Nice. <laughs> tick-tock. It's uh, 91. Well okay. done, Tim. Well done. Which again, feels about right. It's yeah. a proper, you know... Uh, three quarters good film, mm. um, <laughs> and everyone thinks it's basically an almost perfect film. You're like, yeah, yeah no, no, yeah. <laughs> uh, give a shit about that view of these two, I'm afraid. So I can't give you any information other than it existed. It did indeed, and it's mad. Mm-hmm. Some of it's in first person, some of it's side scrolling. <laughs> Bear in mind, it's the eighties video games. <laughs> not good. Nope. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like the eighties would have like the, the. Sorry, I feel like the Goonies would have been. Taylor made for like a point and click. It should have been a point adventure. and click. Well, yeah. I think we're not up to the Lucasfilm point and click sort of stuff at that point yeah. yet. Getting there, getting there. So I believe I'm going, I'm going first. Please do, Tim. You're yeah. going in first, our, Tim. In our Goonies pitches. You, uh, all three of us have huddled in a doorway and pushed Tim through first. Yep. That's how this has worked. Yeah. Uh, so my film is called Goonies Never Say Die. Oh, I like that. Uh, and it comes out in 1987. Okay. I like that, Tim. So, two years after the original. <laughs> you love, love it a minute when Matt says, my film's called Goonies Never Say Die. Mine is. What? Now I'm the outlier. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I know what I call mine now. <laughs> for my director, Go ahead. I am replacing Donna. Mm. Bold. But also, he busy. Uh, and I'm bringing in writer of the Goonies, Chris Columbus. Okay, okay. Uh, so this is actually replacing his first film, which was Adventures oh, in Babysitting. Oh, yep. no. Yeah, what a shame. I I'm know. I'm heartbroken. Yeah. My what will Elizabeth Shue do? Other stuff. Yeah. Sure. Uh, so, yes. So this will be his first film, but obviously he's been very involved in the film industry and goes on to he be... Wrote the original one, as we said yeah, earlier. Yeah. Yes. A very accomplished director in his own right. Absolutely. Harry Potter, Home Alone, all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah if you're of... A, if you're of our age, he shaped some of your childhood and you may yeah. not have realised it. Yes. He discovered America. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I search his name, I think, that's weird. Yeah. Having the same name as Christopher Columbus. Columbus Day? Yeah. I mean, yeah, Home Alone's good. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously I'm bringing back all the old cast, or at least a significant chunk of yeah. the cast. Oh, a significant chunk. Yeah. Uh, uh, but I have some <laughs> doing the trouble shovel without lifting up my t-shirt. It was brilliant, but it was also the fact that it's like the quintessential '80s sound of 
you know, jelly yeah. shake, but also being electrocuted. Yeah, yeah. It's the same <laughs> that's the noise the he makes. I know, I yeah. know. So I have some new cast members. As Professor Trimble. I love it. I have Henry Gibson. Oh, who Gibson. was kind of a uh, comes from a comedy background uh, on American TV. Uh, was on Rowan and Martin's Laughing. Um, went on if you see, actually you went on to be Haven Hamilton in uh, Nashville. Is probably best known as the head Nazi in the Blues Brothers. Oh, that of the guy. Illinois Nazis. Yeah, I guess that's the best known. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, goes on to be in uh, Inner Space. Uh, he's in the mm-hmm. Burbs with Tom Hanks. And was in Magnolia as well. He's the old guy at the bar talking yes. to mm. William H. Macy. Yes. As Rocky Raquel Trimble, Drew Barrymore. Nice. Uh, okay. Nice. Uh, so she's been Gertie and E.T. at this yep. point. This Firestarter sort of era? She's post-Firestarter. Yeah. Uh, around this time, she's in Babes in Toyland. And this is obviously before her going on to do kind of more adult stuff like Poison Ivy. And then goes on to be in... The Wedding Singer and Drew Barrymore. Charlie's she goes Angels on to be Drew Barrymore. Be Drew Barrymore, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Again, wedding Singer, go. Shit, it's the kid from ET. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, as Mr. Periwinkle, brilliant. Love these names, Tim. Uh, I have Richard Keel. Oh, oh yes. my god, who is Jaws, Jaws. in the Spy Who Loved Me and yeah. Moonraker? Uh, around this time, he was in Pale Rider with Clint Eastwood mm-hmm. as a club. Uh, goes on to be Mr. Larson in Happy Gilmore. And uh, just before he died, he was uh, Vlad entangled, the, uh, the the mercenary guy who likes t- tiny ceramic unicorns. I didn't know that. I didn't think I knew that Bloody either. hell. Nice. There you go. Very cool. Tangled just gets better and better. Tangled's great, man. Yeah. Tangled's great. Uh, and finally, as Mrs. Garland, I have Betty White. Yay. Love it. A nice. veteran of US comedy, the Mary Tyler Moore show, the Betty White show, the Love Boat, Mama's Family, Golden Girls is around this time. Goes on to be in Lake Placid. She's in. She's the grandma in the proposal. She's Professor Bauer in Community. She's been she... an old lady for like a hundred years. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And obviously, yeah. recently, recently passed, passed away. away. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's that's my new cast. Cool. Brilliant. Okay. An indeterminate amount of time after the first film. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> Welcome Just, to the eighties, you know. folks. Uh, the Goonies neighborhood has been saved by the treasure found on the Inferno. And Mikey and Brand's dad now runs a museum dedicated to the discovery and the legend of One-Eyed Willie, uh, whose real name we discover is William B. Pordoble, uh, which was, I believe, in the novelization uh, of the Goonies uh, at the course. time, or or the original script or something. Yeah, I looked that up and I thought, I'm doing something different with that. <laughs> I'm glad you kept that. He receives a letter from Professor Trimble, a scholar who charted One-Eyed Willie's voyage from Spain to the Caribbean, around South America, and up to Astoria. Uh, he believes Willie buried more treasure on the Mexican coast and invites the Goonies to come and visit his dig site as an educational holiday. The Goonies' various parents are unable to accompany them through, for various reasons. Um, and are they, hes- got jo- they got jobs and stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and are hesitant about the idea, but agree when Brand, Andy and Steph agree to chaperone the younger boys. However, Chunk's mother still refuses to let him join them, much to his dismay. Uh, Chunk visits Sloth, who has been adopted by the elderly Mrs. Garland and commiserates with his friend. Uh, The Goonies, minus Chunk, travel down to Mexico and meet with Professor Trimble and his gigantic assistant, Mr. Periwinkle. Uh, The Goonies thought they were staying in a luxury hotel, but it turns out to be a dump, uh, so they decide to sneak onto Professor Trimble's nearby estate, where they meet his daughter, Rocky, through Barrymore. Meanwhile, Mrs. Garland agrees to help Chunk and Sloth join his friends, and the three begin a road trip 
um, basically throughout the film, we kind of cut back to them getting on misadventures as they drive down to Mexico. Sure. Uh, the next day, Professor Trimble shows the Goonies around the dig he is supervising and convinces Mikey to give up the skull-shaped token. I don't know quite what the proper word is for that. I don't know. The yeah. little skull thing that they find that is the key to the certain puzzles. The key, yeah. 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 Uh, from their first adventure. Some meaningful bric-a-brac. Yes. <laughs> Uh, meanwhile, Mouth and Data wreck havoc at the dig, frustrating Mr. Periwinkle, and Brand and Andy explore the jungle, but are pranked by Steph. She, like, puts a lizard on one of them or something. <laughs> 80s. Yeah. Mikey tells Brand about giving away the skull token and that he regrets it, so the Goonies decide to visit Trim- Trimble's estate again and get it back. Trimble explains that he believes the large house was actually built by One-Eyed Willie to retire to, and that the treasure is somewhere within. He uses the skull token to unlock a hidden compartment, but it triggers a trap and drops the Goonies, Trimble, and Rocky into a hidden basement. The cast is separated into smaller groups, Mikey and Rocky, Mouth Data and Steph, Brandon and Andy, and Trimble by himself. They deal with various puzzles and perils, gradually reuniting as they solve them and make their way through the maze hidden beneath the house. This is the bulk of the film, essentially. This is the Goonies shit of... My, my pitch does the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> the Goonies is that Goonies stuff happens half a week later. And they're in, a, then they're in a thing going, we're now here. Yeah, this is the rest yeah, of the yeah. film. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. I, By the way, already I'm like, reading through this and Tim's having a great gentleman, this is great. I'm thinking, this sounds very familiar <laughs> to what I've written. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I would definitely like, they kind of do it in the first film. I like the what's sometimes called an Eigen plot, where it's like, ah, this puzzle requires this. One of the Goonies knows how to do, like... Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Andy knows how to play piano, and yeah. this puzzle requires piano. Now and, can and, speak uh, Spanish and translate the whole exactly, thing. Exactly, like, yeah. yeah. Um, so very much that. you get, Each of them gets a moment to showcase something, yeah. you know, that they, a talent that they have kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Um, and obviously, while this is going on, A, we're still cutting back to Sloth and Chunk and Mrs. Garland, who now have like the authorities chasing after them because they're like brilliant wait someone's kidnapped this child um <laughs> and we're got like mikey and rocky we have like a little budding preteen romance going mm-hmm. on with of them of course of course as they explore the thing eventually they reach uh, the center and a trap that will only allow one person to reach the treasure potentially killing the rest of them uh, despite his daughter being present professor trimble goes for it and the Goonies are only saved by the timely arrival of Chunk, Sloth, and Mrs. Garland. The treasure reveals that the house was actually built by One-Eyed Willie's daughter, uh, who he left in Mexico, believing that she didn't have what it takes to be a pirate. Oh. Um, and then Professor Trimble gets arrested. Like, the, 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 the trail of cops that have been following Chunk and Sloth. Uh, Full-on Blues Brothers shit. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, arrest Trimble for, you know, child endangerment. Uh, and stuff like that. Yeah. And I think uh, I didn't uh, write it down, but the idea of having like, oh, Rocky's got an aunt up in mm-hmm. Seattle, you know, so she'll move up there and be close enough to like hang out with My them. God, we're both in the Northwest. You're in Washington State and I'm yeah. in Oregon. It's a million miles apart. We'll make it work. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, but yeah, a very simple mini pitch. Um, uh, I thought that was a dig at me. <laughs> <laughs> So, fun fact, Matt wrote an almost full pitch. It was a full pitch. It was 1,400, 1,500 words, something yes. like that. Yes, 
that we insisted Matthew cut down because we don't have time to read three full pitches yes. in an episode because we'd be here forever. It's just, I'm sure you would have loved it, listeners. Yeah. But me from an editing perspective and us being sat here actually recording the damn <laughs> thing, we'd be here for four hours like we did with the Snyder Cut yeah. episode and we don't want to do that again. Other times I dig my heels in, I'm like, yeah, we turned the same stories three times, I think. So yeah, that makes complete yeah. sense. Tim, I really enjoy that because from a very vain, selfish, arrogant point of view, we'll get to this in a minute. Mm-hmm. I think there there's only really, there's only one thing you can do with the Goonies. Uh, well, two. Do the Goonies do. again and enjoy mm. it or go so off the wall different <laughs> that it's like gremlins and gremlins 2 yeah it's like such is the case with sequelizers we talk about this all the bloody time where you yeah. have the like oh you take the thing and you tweak it and you fix it and da, da, da. that's yep. how you fix a bad sequel yeah or you burn it to the ground <laughs> and do your own thing absolutely yeah so, i mean yeah. i was very much just like yeah the thing i want to see is them more do goonies, more, more goonies stuff, stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah like i uh, i didn't feel like the fratellis were worth bringing back I thought they were fine as villains in the first one. Sure. You didn't I'll... enjoy Robert Davy singing opera? <laughs> I like it as a, as a thing. It's such but a weird moment. It's a weird choice. Italians. Um, in case you forget. They, again, to their credit, they actually speak Italian to each other as well. It's yeah, not like half-hearted kind of mm. actual like representation of the yes. language and stuff. There. I was mm, like, oh, yeah. okay. Oh, yeah. It's, it's full-on like actual effectively first and second generation immigration where it's yeah. like, oh, oh, hang on. This has been yeah, a big Mama, part of Mama your Sotelli is implied to be born in it- Italy. Yeah. Like born proper, in the old yeah. country. Born in yeah. the old country. Came over as a kid. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Um, yeah, so I-, I wanted a villain who was maybe, because obviously the Fratellis from the word go are like, oh, these are bad people. Um, I wanted a yep. villain who was a little bit more like, oh, this guy's... Like gonna help us out. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. then turns out to be a dick. Nice. Um, a bit more, like a few more female characters, or well, sure. at least one uh, of their age. Yeah, and a, a little just a, some more explore the the mythos of One Eyed Willie. <laughs> Tim, uh, I I'm, I feel like I'm not going to give you much response because someone says, "Yep, <laughs> I agree." <laughs> so we're going to dive into the mythos of. One eyed Willie from your perspective, Mr. Yeah, Tim. yeah, I'm just gonna crack straight into it because yeah, interesting. Tim, I think it. that I think there's so many similarities and bits and pieces here. Just interesting just adjustments. The first adjustment, I'm calling mine the Goonies Two. Um Inspired by the Japanese video game of the same. <laughs> of course. Didn't, didn't go for the Toonies then. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. <laughs> the Canadian no. remake. Yeah. Exactly. Uh no, and, and very specific, the two would be uh, Roman numerals too. That's very important. Okay. Don't know why. Is it? Very important. It's important to him, Jack. Yeah. Yes. 1987 as well. Mm-hmm. Richard Donner. Okay. I know he's working on Lethal Weapon. I feel like he's yeah. going to say, this is my window. If I don't get it done now, it's not happening. He he works quickly. Like he, around this period, does. he's got like a film every year. Yeah. Or like he does like six films in the span of eight years yeah, or something like yeah, that. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. He, he's hell of efficient. Yeah. And considering how good the things look, and we talk about the time you'd need yeah. to corral these kids. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I think I I kept meaning to mention this when we yes. were talking about it, but um, so the the ship that they find in the Goonies is a practical effect. They actually yes. built that thing. Yeah. Yes. And 
Richard Donner didn't show it to any of the kids before they yes, they filmed it because well. he wanted to get their genuine reactions. And then Josh Brolin ruined it because when he saw it for the first time, he went, shit. <laughs> and they'd obviously hit their shit quotient. And so yeah. they were like, well, we can't have that. We in. do this in the trailer, guys. Josh, Come on. We, yeah, can't, yeah. we can't say shit. No, yeah. no you've got to say pirate ship. I, see, I love that because I, I do that a lot as a director as well to, to like say, I'm not going to show you a proper thing until we pull it out or a performance. Or best of all, like we're working with this person or this actor and I'm not going to tell you how they're going to do the performance that actor knows yeah. and the problem with doing that is in the moment they first start doing their lines everyone just cracks up and think that's amazing love it that happened with me me doing my northern irish accent yes my character <laughs> yeah super happy kill time everyone's like, oh! been like oh because i've not still not really been in the show no nope. so nobody has any context for that and they're like oh hey jack how are you it's like yeah good and nice to meet you like uh chat to you on facebook like in the group yeah, chat yeah, we yeah. have the cast and all this kind of stuff and then i'm like now I'm in the accent, and they're like, "Oh, you're doing an accent." I was like, "Yeah, that was the take." Oh, sorry, sorry. Right, yeah, that yeah. is exactly it. And it's like, "What kind of like, that now?" Laura being very Welsh, me being Northern Irish, like yep. all this weird accent stuff going. Yeah, and it was very silly. It's it's, it's again. If I don't explain Ben and for the first year of filming, how Ben Allen's going to be doing his lines of <laughs> "Hello, everybody." <laughs> what the shit is this? And but yeah, so yeah, I get that entirely. Same cast returning. One. New cast. Okay. Professor Heaton. Oh, you've got a professor in there as well? <laughs> Uh-oh. Tim and I have written the same thing. Mm. A slight amendment. Peter Boyle. Peter Boyle is one of those individuals who crops up in all kinds of things, uh, like Young Frankenstein, guys in Bill Everyone Else, Raymond, tons of TV and film. Um, just a very iconic, hilarious. And it goes, another thing I want to in, it sort of put across the Goonies that the uh, original and a lot of 80s, uh, and to be fair, 90s things as well, is that adults aren't helpful. Adults are either incompetent and well-meaning, or they're bad guys. Mm-hmm. And this Professor Heaton is a classic sort of like, you know, an obstructive like, you and my dad don't see eye to eye, therefore mm-hmm. you're a prick. Livia Fratelli. Ooh. Oh, you got a new Fratelli. Uh-huh. Lorraine Bracco, who at this point has been in some stuff, like, nope, that doesn't matter, but she goes on to be in Goodfellas yeah. and... Uh, in the Sopranos and stuff. Sopranos is the yeah. way I know. Yeah, yeah. and she's, she's magnificent. And Nicola Fratelli, John Turturro. Hey! Again, hey. Mellor's Crossing Things goes on to have a big, huge career with uh, the Coen brothers and bits and pieces. But, yeah. Most importantly, Michael Bay's Transformers, he gets pissed on by a Transformer. Mm-hmm. It's the height of his career. Yep. Him having a meltdown, climbing on the pyramids, just weeping, saying, yeah. you shouldn't be allowed to do yeah. this. He's also Carmine Falcone in The Batman most recently it's, as it's well. It's a great performance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was in my house last night. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, John. Get out of the cupboards. Yes, he was in your sex. Sex in the city. Yeah. Yes, yes, he was. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We like some tutorial. Yeah. Mini pitch time. We open our story by reintroducing the titular characters, the older kids, Andy, Steph, and the Fran. Goonies. The Goonies, if you will, are set to move to college, but have gone uh, grown close to the younger Goonies, Mikey, Chunk, Mouth, and Data. And lament they won't have any more adventures. Because they're kind of, again, the bonding experience of going through this stuff. <clears throat> but it's like, but that's over now because we're leaving. In, in anime, it's always like we're in a, in a, in a school idol group or, a, or a, you know, a, a sports team. And those older third years, they're leaving soon. So we have to do it for the, for the senpais. It's like, because <laughs> they're gone. And once they're gone, you never see them again because they become adults. <laughs> anyway. Uh, we then get an update from Chunk about how Sloth is getting on in his new job. What is Sloth doing for a job, Matthew? This prompts a short President scene. of the United States. <laughs> <laughs> he, 
He's uh, he's uh, beaten up. I don't think it's Reagan at this point still, is it? Maybe it's George W. H. W. Bush, but either way, uh, no. eighty-seven. It'd still be Reagan. Yeah, yeah. Fuck, yeah. He beats up Reagan. Um, it, no, it prompts a short scene with the Fratellis still in jail. Sloth has a job working at the prison and enjoys tormenting them daily. <laughs> so one thing I didn't know going into this, just to dial back to the original yeah, yeah, Goonies yeah. for a second, didn't realize Sloth was just a grown ass man. Yeah. Going into the Goonies, I, I, first of all, I had assumed Sloth is one of the main characters. He has about three minutes of screen time. <laughs> and the second one, he was one of the kids. And I was like, <laughs> nope, he's just an American football player with yes. some prosthetics on his face. So his ears can wiggle a bit. I'm like, huh. Yep. That's that's not what I expected nope. at all. Because everybody quotes the like, hey, you guys thing. Mm, and like, like, he's one of them. The S for Superman is S for Sloth. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sloth loves chunk. He's, do you know what this symbol stands for? <laughs> on my planet. <laughs> sloth. I love it. <laughs> on my planet, it means sloth. Yeah. There we go. It means sloth loves chunk. Yeah. <laughs> Baby. Roof. Um, I kept thinking to myself, I don't understand. He's a baseball player, isn't he? I, I'm confused. It's like, no, nah, it's, it's, like it's like a Snickers bar or something, isn't it? It is, yeah. Mm. yeah. Anyway. That's, that's, the, that's the older Fratellis and Sloth pretty much out of my movie. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Yep. There's a reason. Couldn't figure out what to do with them. <laughs> <laughs> I thought more important, I like the inverted version of they chain him up Have and torment him. do a road trip with Betty White. <laughs> Once you said it to him, I thought, that's actually genius. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Mikey's dad comes home having an argument on the phone with the museum he works for. One-eyed willy ship the Inferno has made its way back to Europe because it just sort of sails off. And I was like, well, that's wood. It's just going to drift. Yeah, I didn't understand that either. I was like... Mikey very much kind of does the little like, ah, good luck, one-eyed Willie, yeah. as if like he's a ghost now, I guess, and it's a ghost ship. <laughs> the tide rolls in and the ship and, just rocks on the shore. <laughs> and the CGI is janky enough, or like the green screening more specifically is janky mm, yeah. enough that it kind of looks like a ghost ship. Map painting. <laughs> but we've seen it in yeah. physical space like 10 minutes ago, so mm-hmm. it's not a ghost ship. But you're right that it would just kind of drift off a bit and probably mm-hmm. crash into some rocks and then just get stuck there. <laughs> yep. I read, I think this is in the IMDb trivia, or it's like, according to maritime law, because Mikey is the, took the first bit of treasure off of it, which is the rubies, mm-hmm. he technically has salvage rights to everything on the ship. Um, Tim, I'm glad you said that. Nice. <laughs> That's partly relevant. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> hell. In my larger pitch. No, no um, yeah. Uh, also, the fact that I'm like, wait, the ship's from Europe. That's right. How the fuck did it end up on the northwest coast? Exactly. Quite. Yeah. But you know what? I've Pre, gone even pre-Panama Canal as well. Absolutely, I've gone even further and said, mm-hmm. <laughs> just gets back there. <laughs> just does a we do a Fitzcarraldo remake. Yeah. One eye Willie's ghost drags it across the fucking Montana. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he goes, oh, big sky country. Better stop and get a magnet. Right. <laughs> uh, One eye Willie's ship, the Inferno, has made its way back to Europe. Don't ask. It's Eighty-seven. <laughs> nobody cares. Ta-da. Nobody actually knows where Europe is and is to be interred at a museum in Italy. The kids have been invited to the unveiling, because again, Mikey technically sort of owns it, but yeah. it belongs in a museum kind of thing. And we're gonna, I wanted to have short round say, it belongs in a museum! <laughs> anyway, uh, accompanied by Professor Heaton, who Mr. Walsh doesn't get on with. The parents reluctantly agree to let the kids go, how much trouble can they get into? <laughs> we smash cut to plane hijinks! <laughs> Mikey gets into an argument with Professor Heaton, turns out Willie was Italian pirate... <laughs> Guillermo Giordano. <laughs> William, if you will. <laughs> Juan Aido William, um, who worked for the Spanish before he was caught up by the British Armada. Heaton says Willie uh, was a coward 
and a traitor, and he will ensure his legacy remains as such, because Walsh doesn't have the same opinion thing. And still seeing Willie as the original Goonie, Mikey is intent on clearing the pirate's name before the ship and the treasure enter a museum. Upon arrival in Florence, the younger kids are picked up from the airport, but they soon realise they've been kidnapped by Livia and Nicola Fratelli. We know this because John Turturro is going to turn around and start singing opera. Not again, not again! That kind of thing. Um, they're cousins of the American fraternities. The older kids give chase. There's a whole, like, you know, driving in Italy kind of, like, wrong side of the oh, road. driving on the wrong side of the road. Yeah. No, this is the right side. No, we need to be on the left yeah. side. <laughs> I think Italians do drive the same as America, but still stick shift kind of stuff, and American yeah. Italian drivers have been crazy, and yada yada. It's going to be chaos. Chaos, yeah. Go- uh, Goonies fun ensues. Yep. And, uh, yeah, so they arrive at an old Roman ruin in the small town of Fiesole. That's pronounced wrong. Sorry, Italian listeners. But more importantly... That's how I've decided the film's going to pronounce it, even if it is wrong. Sorry, <laughs> Italian listeners. Uh, the Fratellis can't control the kids' incessant talking, which escalates when uh, that they learn that the gangly man's name is Nicola. It's like, your name is Nicola? That's <laughs> a girl's name! <laughs> yeah, it's, it's that classic Goonies-esque kind of vibe. In the chaos, the older kids break in and quietly sneak out via the catacombs, because it's an old Roman ruin. The Fratellis eventually realize they're gone and give chase. The kids escape from a tunnel and sort of see the, where they are in the middle of nowhere in Italy and figure out what to do next. Bran says they should go to the police, but oddly, everyone else wants revenge. <laughs> but it's like... The bloodthirsty Goonies. Yeah, oddly enough, it's like, Steph Lee and Charles like, no, no, <laughs> this fam- I hate this family. <laughs> so they decide to go back to the hideout and set it on fire. Wow. <laughs> it's, awesome. It's this, yeah, it's one of these escalates from... One of the cooler crimes. Yeah, it's like, we need to go back. What do we do? I don't know. It's a cool teen crime we can do. Yeah. Awesome. It's like, That's what you, the one. I say we're burnt to the ground. And then someone can pipe up and say, like, didn't they burn Roman to the ground? Yeah, let's do that. Anyway, while exploring, they uh, discover a side room with articles about them, you know, clippings from papers about the Inferno, Inferno and schematics from an old coastal town. Uh, the fire starts too early, thanks to one of Data's devices going off too soon. Of course. Uh, and the group grab what they can before escaping. In the distance, the Fratellis then also leave the little catacombs bit and see their hideout with smoke pluming, and they get back and, oh, my on, and then running off. <laughs> Sorry, Italian listeners. I'm so sorry, Italian listeners. It My was the 80s. Tell you ruined. <laughs> There's a bastard. <laughs> um, flagging down a passing farmer's truck. Sorry, Italy. Um, the group <laughs> pile in the back with the sheep. Sorry, oh, Italy. Italy. <laughs> it's Americans in Europe. It's like, what is this place? It's Americans in Europe written by a British yeah. guy. I like the idea that, you know, Mouth is trying to speak Spanish at them and like, what? And yeah, then, but, but, close enough. but Steph's learned a bit of Italian because she's sort of yeah. half competent. It's like, no, no, she's not. Yeah. So looking over the documents they managed to snatch, they realized that the Fratellis have been researching and discovered Willie was originally from Antidenza. That's not a place. Um, back at the hideout, the Fratelli siblings have a fight, but Livia sees torn shreds of their research and figures out uh, where they're heading. The group arrive at Antidenza and have an argument about what, what they're actually doing. You know, why, why are we doing this? What we, what's the point? Mikey wants to prove that Willie was a brave captain and not a coward, making Bran swear to help him with one last adventure. It's the classic, like, you know, you're, you're going, this is it now. One last job. One last yeah. job. <laughs> All right, you bastard, I'm in. And, which, of course, we're going to get Bran saying, shit. Um, <laughs> take that off. Um, we then get a big heart-to-heart scene about the older kids going away and how nothing will be the same again. <sighs> Sorry, just read from... I forgot what I've written. I read that. I have a pizzeria scene here, but Jack and Tim said my mini pitch was too long, so that's all you're getting. <laughs> <laughs> Good. You're welcome. It's great. You're welcome, Italy. Matt would have just insulted you more. Yeah. Mm. Um, 
The group eventually find what should be Willie's house, but it's pa uh, been paved over by a bank, a big Monet's bank. Uh, the police see the kids lurking around and they avoid detection. Data asks what they're hiding. Oh, sorry, why they're hiding from the police. But Mikey says, who would you believe? A bunch of American kids who just burned down some ancient ruins or the locals. Yeah, that's fair. And Chunk says, you know, I wouldn't believe you guys. And then he goes on his usual. And, you know, Chunk's an irritating little shit, yeah. isn't he? Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, had, I had William Shatner in my house one time. He's like, shut <laughs> up, Chunk. <laughs> yeah, he is. He's remarkably compensating for everything. To, yeah. Anyway. Andy stumbles through a grate, and they find themselves on an entire 16th century, sorry, 1600 street preserved beneath the town. Think yourself, that's a bit weird. That's Norwich. Welcome mm. to Europe. Yeah, literally, a Norwich Castle in the city where Jack got married a little while ago. Yep. The main road where all the buses go. Recently, they found that underneath the shop, when they were clearing away a storeroom, there was a door, and you went down the door, and it led to a street under the street. Yeah, it was like a whole like preserved thing from the 1700s. Like. What is this? <laughs> yeah. So there's history down here. Yeah, th this is literally how Europe works. I'm afraid we just build on stuff and realize that it's all haunted. Yeah, yeah. like the entirety of Edinburgh has another town underneath it. Basically, Absolutely. it's terrifying. It's anyway. all full of plague victims and dead <laughs> Scotsmen. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of dead Sassanacs English. Um, so basically, they're, they're down there on the streets and they find Willie's house because it's underneath the mm. the bank. House has clues, traps, and puzzle solving. As Tim said, you know, it, this is part of the film. It's a major part of it. It's fun. Um, it's the Goonies bit in the middle, you know, all yeah. the adventuring and stuff. Yeah, we've got the peril. Now we get the adventure. They're led to another house connected to a turn by a tunnel. And so it's a tunnel under the street, under the street. Uh, that of Willie's first mate and trap designer, Lombardi. Um, in this house, Steph uses one of the scraps from the hideout to ascertain that the first mate, Lombardi, is a great sorry, uncle sorry, Italian of the Fratelli's. And they all eat Gino Janelli ice cream. <laughs> they have a Vianetta. A Vianetta. Taste of a Cornetto. Famous Italian ice cream. The Cornetto. Cornetto. <laughs> um, yes, and they, uh, there seems to be some sort of like, he was a great uncle to the Fratellis, and there's a, this huge blood feud between the two men. Mm. Uh, the group agreed to spend the night there because for some reason they, they sleep in weird fucking places and get a fresh start in the morning. And we're not into the 90s like a D &D yet. D&D party. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> we're not in the 90s uh, You yet. can't rest here. So the parents don't need to worry about, like, do we need to find out what the parents are doing? No. No. They know they're in Europe. Yeah. I'm not going to do long-distance calls. Yeah. Um, the next morning, Mouth goes for a piss, because this film likes talking about piss. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing Matt has added. They, they ha films don't talk about the toilet almost ever. This film talks like... This is the girls' bathroom. This is the boys' bathroom. It's a, it's a cave, motherfucker. <laughs> um, it, but like, it's like, when are we gonna go pee? It's like, I don't know why this is relevant, but also, I mean, that's, that's a question I would ask. Mm. Yeah, maybe, exactly. Maybe Tom Hanks was involved. Oh, Tom fucking <laughs> Hanks, <laughs> probably. Anyway, goes for piss, but in doing so, sets off a trap which separates the group, jettisoning Mikey, Steph, and Chunk out to sea. Again, much like Tim's. They're on holiday. A professor's involved. They've been separated now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. The others press on to find out what happened to their friends. Heading back to the bank, the three Goonies are spotted by the Fratellis, who try to convince the locals that these kids are thieves. And of course, not speaking the language, they're like, ah. Uh, and what I'm going to do here is, you know, lots of hand motion stuff. It's going to be very offensive. Sorry, Italian. Sorry, Italians. Uh, the kids learn that due to erosion, the shipbuilding yard where the Inferno was actually constructed is now underwater. And that's where the next clue is. Again, a very European thing. In Suffolk, there's a whole town where the coast is. And you can kind of, on a really clear day, see the town in the water. It's yep. creepy. So there you go. Uh, they resurface and create a distraction, allowing the other kids to get away. Uh, everyone races to the harbour. 
Uh, they catch up with the others, sort of catch up to speed, and they point to an old ruined spire out on the sea. You think it's a rock, but actually it's the top of a church tower, because again, mm-hmm. as I said, it's all underwater. They then steal a group of jet skis, A's, <laughs> as both the Fratellis and the Italian police give chase. Uh, submerging, they find the shipbuilder's yard has a trapped air pocket going under the detail, sorry, going through the details, reveals evidence that Willie was in fact a noble Italian captain. Oh. He left a record with a friend stating that he was setting to sea knowing he was likely to be betrayed by his first mate, who was a spy for Britain. Oh, the Brits, the mm. worst. Oh. Classic. History's wankers. Um, Accurate. The police, Fratellis, and the Goonies all cross over and we get a big aquatic spectacle. <laughs> we have the Goonies too, the big aquatic spectacle. Yep. Water, <laughs> water world. So, yeah. <gasps> Oh my god. Dennis Hopper just comes out and says, fucking fish. Yeah. Um, Den- <laughs> one-eyed. That's the one fuck. One-eyed, yeah. Oh my god, one-eyed Willie is Dennis Hopper. <laughs> <laughs> one-eyed Dennis. Yeah. The Fratellis are arrested and shamed for being descendants of British spies working against Italians. Lots of pinched fingers and shouting. There's an official museum presentation to induct Guglielmo as a uh, wily and unsung hero of yore. Oh, wily Willie, if you will. Sure. Uh, Heaton is embarrassed with his biased presentation is shown to be inadequate. But Mikey says his father is writing a book about it and he'd be happy to take any questions because, again, reality doesn't actually matter. The Goonies then see their names on the plaque in the museum uh, and note that no matter how far they go, what happens, they will have what Willie's crew never did, something to unify them throughout time because Goonies never say die. But again, it's the whole, like, they go on holiday, they do a thing, the same sort of story, they get separated. There's a professor who's a bit of a dick. Yeah, love it. (laughs) So, just very briefly... Yeah, I think Tim and I did the kind of two flavors of the same thing. Yeah, um, it's the whole. There's not a lot of history in Oregon, arguably. Of course, there's <laughs> lots of geographic history and uh, lots what of about American the Oregon history. Trail, Matthew. That thing okay. that I don't fully understand. Yeah, yeah, could have done that. Dysentery or something. <laughs> the Goonies die of dysentery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Goonies do die. Turns S- out, yeah, Sacagawea. I think with Oregon Trail and things like that. Sure. Anyway. But no, I didn't do that. And I thought, well, again, there's usually two paths. Is it a road trip in America and the surrounding country, either Canada or Mexico, or is it the Goonies go to Europe? It tends to be like the two things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I chose, because I originally was thinking about Goonies in New York. Hmm. Nah, that's too Columbus. <laughs> um, and then he's like, I'll oh, put them in Europe. And then and they bump into Cameron McAllister. <laughs> <laughs> the McAllister family bloodline. Yeah. Um, but yeah, also the idea that, you know, the Fratelli's having, you know, they're so linked to Italy. It's such a familial thing. And like, oh, well, clearly they're from a family of bastards. Mm. Yeah. It makes it. But, but the Dylan's hip, similar in a way to Tim, kind of. It's like the Fratelli's in America are proper mob boss assholes and mm. like really like quite bad villains. These ones, Livia and Nicola, are a little bit more Hank and Marv. They're a little bit more Hank, Hank and Marv? Harry and Marv, sorry. Um, with, I thought I was like Marvin. Yeah, sorry, my apologies. Yeah, yeah. I've being remarkably tired. Hank Marvin. Yeah. <laughs> they're a little more Hank Marvin, mate. They're quite hungry. Um, oh, so <laughs> yes, so uh, they're, they're well, Harry and Marv. Sorry, where they're they're kind of cartoony, but still a very big threat in mm. a way. Uh, there's no lasting consequence to them. Like, hey, these kids are doing this. Lots of shaking around. I'm gonna put you in a blender, kid. Um, but it's still that action peril stuff whatever trying to link it to you know the, the pirate ships the sort of angle of it all and more history on willie etc and mm-hmm. because i think them just stumbling on another treasure because it's so it's so integral to mikey's character and his family it just feels yeah it felt to me at least a weird thing to go with and then they also find this mayan temple I'm like, yeah, eh, yeah i mean yeah, yeah maybe subsequently i am 
fascinated to hear about Jack's pitch. Yeah, I'm very interested. Because it crossed yeah. my mind that you could only do one thing or the other. It's a very binary choice. You either make a Goonies around the same time, like go now mm. while the kids are young, yeah. or you do a Blade Runner 2049 30 years later kind of like, yeah. oh God, mm. situation. I feel like I've done a lot of these recently, but here I am again. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it makes sense. I'm, I'm listening. I'm ready. Let's, let's so do this. this um, weirdly enough, is oddly also. So Tim, I mean, you're like the, the fulcrum between the two of us here. <laughs> My Classic. film is also called The Goonies Never Say Die. It's also directed by Chris Columbus. <laughs> <laughs> just 28 years later, because Chris Columbus just kept on making movies. And yeah, <laughs> now in <laughs> 2015, 30 years later. I'm bringing back the Goonies, mm-hmm. the crew, as sure. it were, uh, as well as the living Fratellis. Unfortunately, Anne Ramsey passed away shortly after the first film, so Mama Fratelli cannot make a return. But Joey Pants and Robert Darby are back as the Fratellis. That's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. I'll dive into it. It's very interested to see what you guys think, because this is one of the rumoured versions of the thing that we might get eventually if it ever gets made, sort oh, of. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Anyway. 30 years later, we find out that the Goonies all went their separate ways and they haven't seen each other in decades. Mike is now, no, I called him Mike, he's an adult, not Mikey, mm-hmm. is now running an art house cinema in Portland, Oregon, and has been telling a story about finding One-Eyed Willie's treasure for years, but hardly anyone believes him anymore. He realizes it's coming up to the anniversary of the events and he digs out a script he's been writing for the last few years. Oh. After struggling to finish it, Mike decides to get the band back together to finally try and tell the story of when they saved their neighborhood in Astoria all those years ago. This is the rumoured thing. There's the teacher does the film student thing. And Mm. the other one is Mike writes a film about the thing and does a film and they make the Goonies and the Goonies, which is what I'm going to (laughs) do. That makes actually a lot of sense because I was saying, oh yeah, the Goonies and all these quotes. And again, like especially something like Family Guy regurgitating Mm. it. I don't think a lot of younger audience members have seen it through and through mm, yeah i don't know what they think of it when you have things of operating at a different level now with things like like strange things is a good example this would predate stranger things by a year oh. <laughs> <laughs> which means you're hitting yeah. that 80s and stuff yeah, I, think, I think that's yeah. the thing is that you can't do it post stranger things because stranger things has so cannibalized yep. it for parts absolutely yep. Yep. And, and, and kind of amalgamed a lot of things into it in the yeah. process yeah yep. exactly i'll give a quick rundown mike is able to summon the goonies this is a like the opening third of the film, him oh, going around yeah. and like Lights traveling up the around America. Symbol. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Gathering everybody together. Uh, Brand is now working as a bodyguard. Mouth, aka Clark, because his real name, uh, is now a stand-up comedian. Chunk Lawrence, aka Lawrence, uh, is now a lawyer because Jeff Cohen is a lawyer in real yeah. life, yep. which is Love weird. It. And he doesn't act anymore, so I'm kind of sure I imagine like Sean Astor just dragging him in and being like, and just give me It's twi- like a, a quirky version of it part two. Kind of, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I keep referencing the It movies and all of my, like, it's 20 years later. Here's half the cast of It. Like, all that kind of stuff. I mean, it kind of, yeah, yeah. it feels, yeah. yeah. Um, Andy, full name Andrea, is now a casting director. Steph is a humanitarian and activist. And lastly, they arrive at Data, a.k.a. Rick's special effect workshop. Nice. This is, for those of you, I have this written down. This is basically like Adam Savage's workshop, if you've I, ever seen I that. I figured that's exactly what it was, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. just wall-to-wall bits of sets and <laughs> props and, like, references to everything Spielberg and Richard Donner and everything you could possibly yeah, think of. Yeah, I can of. imagine that being quite cool. It's absolute chaos. Um, they try and find him, and we basically recreate some of the wacky energy, but they're all in their 40s now, so they're like, 
bumping their heads and hurting their backs as <laughs> some of some of data stuff like goes off accidentally and all this kind of stuff. They have some like middle-aged Goonies hijinks going on in his workshop in like a min- you realize like oh he's been building these sets that like yeah. imitate the cave and stuff like that. We then go on to see a bunch of the auditions like I mentioned we've got the casting director Mike is writing it they're going to try and find a director and all that kind of stuff as well and this is where my new cast comes in. This is my list of kids um casting Mm. You'll recognize some names, I'm sure, from various pitches mm-hmm. we've done over the, over the last few years mm-hmm. and projects in real life and all that kind of stuff. Each of the Goonies is very, like, scrutinous of the actors playing them. I mean, like, oh, come on, he's not tough enough, says Brandon. He's got to be funny enough. Like, he's, like, you imagine, like, Mouth saying jokes to them and getting them to, if they can make them laugh, then maybe it'll work. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Data insists they have to be able to speak Mandarin because that was a key part of him and he's like mm-hmm. focused on his cultural heritage and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, here's the cast. Young Mikey, I'm going with Jacob Bertrand, who mm-hmm. you will know, who goes on to be Hawk in Cobra Kai. He has already been in the Disney show Kirby Buckets, playing the character of Kirby Buckets. <laughs> <laughs> That's a thing. Young Brand. Again from Cobra Kai. That's the thing I keep doing as well. Uh, Tanner Buchanan. As I mentioned, Robbie from Cobra Kai. He's also, most recently to this in 2015, just been Charlie and Girl Meets World. So that's his kind of like... Uh, and he's also a couple of years older than all the others as well. Yeah. Uh, Chunk is played by Grant Goodman, who is the kid, Clay, in the campaign from 2012. The, the chubby kid with the curly hair in the campaign. Yes. Uh, he's also one of the metalhead kids in Stranger Things Season 4, funnily right. enough. Yep. There you go. There's the title Strange Things. Um, a young mouth. I'm bringing in Alina Faccioli, speaking of Italians, except he's Brazilian. Oh. <laughs> um, but he grew up in England. Uh, he, you, at this point, he's in Game of Thrones as Robin Aaron. Oh, um, okay. And he goes on to be Dex in Sex Education as well. Um, mm-hmm. Young Data uh, is played by Ethan Dyson, who is Pete in The Inevitable Defeat of Mr. and Pete. Mm-hmm. He's great in that. Good little kids movie type thing. He's, yeah. he's very funny. Uh, a Young Andy is played by Ariel Winter, who at this point is Alex in Modern Family. That's mm-hmm. her kind of like big breakout role in TV. Mm-hmm. You notice I'm bringing in a bunch of like TV actors and stuff because teens. Uh, a Young Steph is Kernan Shipka who is Sally Draper in Mad Men at this oh, point. Oh, yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yes, yeah. yes. And then goes on to be Sabrina in The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina on Netflix in mm-hmm. a few years. Uh, playing Mama Fratelli, I'm bringing in Imelda Staunton. Oh, interesting. Dolores Umbridge in Harry Potter, yeah. for those of you who know her. Um, for Sloth, I've got a wrestler. Because of course I have. Hello, Jack. Uh, <laughs> hello, Matthew. I've got a wrestler. Uh, this wrestler's name is William Morrissey. Can anybody name his wrestling name? Uh, Bear in mind, he's a modern wrestler. Any ideas? Um, Tim, you might know this. Yeah. It, uh, it's something Morrison, isn't it? Uh, no. Oh, he, okay. he, he currently wrestles under his real name. Okay. When he was in WWE, he's no longer in WWE. He had a different name. Class boy or something like that. <laughs> What? I don't know. What classy man or something? Are you not not far off? Really? I mean, phonetically, you're not far off. Uh, He's Big Cass in WWE. Oh, okay. He's seven foot tall. He's seven foot tall, and you can't teach that. That's the the little spiel his little Italian mate would say. Um, But yeah, massive dude, basically, going to be playing Sloth. Um, Jake Fratelli, I'm bringing in another staple of teen TV in in my growing up years, Frankie Muniz. Oh, okay. Italian himself. Of course, Malcolm in Malcolm in the Middle, Cody Banks in Cody Banks, mm. kind of dips in and out of stuff. 
becomes a like a race car driver for a bit for some reason because he loves cars. Well, he's had mm. brain problems. Yes. Yeah, uh, yes, he's like had a series of mini strokes, yeah. and now he can't remember any of filming Malcolm in the Middle. Yeah, basically, yeah, yeah, it's yeah crazy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, he left acting to become a driver for yeah. years. I'm just like, mm-hmm. okay, cool, interesting. And then, last but not least, Francis Rotelli, the other brother, played by Stephen Strait, who straight away yeah. after this is going to be Holden in the Expanse. Yeah, he's yeah. done a bunch of other TV stuff, but if you're going to know him from anything. He's fucking holding. He's also He's Warren Peace in Sky High. There he it is. is. He is indeed. So there we have the cast. Hilarity ensues of them chastising all the others. Bunch of cameos and all that kind of stuff. They all talk about starting the film and realise they don't even have a director. Mikey had assumed he was directing, but the rest of the Goonies try and convince him that they actually need a professional to do this. Few cameos from Richard Donner... Chris Columbus, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Nice. And they eventually settle on a cameo from Steven Spielberg. Yeah. <laughs> and they think they're hiring Steven Spielberg. He's only in it briefly. It's a little cameo, whatever. I like it. Uh, as filming gets underway, things start to go wrong very quickly. Mikey worries they've been cursed by One-Eyed Willie, forbidden from telling the story and revealing his secrets and all that kind of thing. But Data determines that someone has actually been sabotaging the props. Because his creations never break. They always go right. Nothing ever <laughs> goes wrong. Uh, we see the real Jake and Francis Fratelli have found out about the film being made and are furious how them and their family are being villainized. And the camera shifts to reveal that Frankie, played by Frankie Muniz, is actually one of their sons. He's Francis's son. Ah. He is the next generation of Fratelli. Yep. He has infiltrated the production and is sabotaging everything. Again, hilarity ensues. As they're trying to film the things... The traps that are supposed to go off don't go off. Different traps happen, hitting the actors with big like foam rocks and stuff, and the silly Goonies stuff mm. that happens, basically. The actors playing the younger Goonies, this is where they get their moment to shine, kind of band together and try and work out who's the traitor in their midst and all that kind of stuff. Again, they accidentally reenact some of the scenes from the original movie as sets are collapsing and everything's burning down and exploding and all kinds of stuff. Eventually, they do work out that Frankie is the traitor, and he gets kicked off the project. The film ends with Goonies Never Say Day finally being released. The film is a bit of a mess, but the Goonies are happy to be reunited and spend Mm. time together as friends one last time after 30 years apart. Nice. Nice. Just a nice little nostalgic thing. No, I think that's a... I think for a lot of people, that's all that kind of... I mean rambling sentence there but let's take the ghostbusters for example people don't know what ghostbusters is they think they have a strong idea of it and then they're like what do you want from this ghostbusters film Mm. you get something like ghostbusters answer the call and ghostbusters afterlife Mm. neither of which is a particularly good film neither is a particularly bad film they're not hateful pieces of shit Mm. they're not the best second coming they're just there and they're just just, the, the frustration is they're cyclical and they're stoking things now admittedly this is where we get to an interesting point of contention with all of our pitches. This, they're all quite cyclical. Mm. Uh, Tim yep. and I don't really step outside of the remit of, of the uh, structure and narrative flow of the original. Mm. Jack literally recreates the exactly. first one. Yeah. Yeah. And yet all of them do it in a way that, I, I think at least, um, feels like a nice celebration of it. But I assume between all of us, that's the end of it. Or would you? Tim felt like he was open up for maybe another one. No, I, I think. But, but we all talk about the whole like this is it. This is yeah. one last adventure. And My, mine is definitely a yeah. This yeah. is this is a celebration of the Goonies and the whole reunion Absolutely. thing that keeps happening yeah. at Comic Cons and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's just 
getting the band back together, yeah. mm. both in the film. Mm. And it's as much about getting Aston and Berlin and Feldman all back together yes. again yeah. on screen and all that kind of stuff. And, and, then... and obviously the title of this episode, Sequel to Light to See, it's like, it'd be nice to see this. We're mm. not desperate to see it, but it'd be yeah. nice if there was another outing. Because again, it's the whole, look at this cast. God damn, that's really cool. Look at the people making it behind the camera. That's, yeah. that's fantastic. Yeah. Imagine if they came together one more time. It might be dog shit, but you know, it <laughs> might be really good. Yeah. I mean, I, I assume we'd end up with all, with all three of these. It's a home alone too, where it's like some people go, ah, Austin, New York's not great. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Austin, New York's just as good as the first one. Mm. And it's like, why? It's like, it's the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> How, what? Um, I feel that's what we'd get here. These, no one would be like, oh, it's surpassed the Goonies. Oh, it's amazing. It's like, no, no, it's just another fun yeah. romp. I think the only, because I, I thought about doing a, a like a, meta version not not necessarily a meta version but like a more contemporary right yeah like yeah. the the original cast as adults and their yeah. kids doing stuff kind of maybe i thought the same i considered um, it yeah i think the only problem you have there is what do you do about Corey feldman <laughs> yeah yeah who is yeah. someone who has had a very chaotic life. life yeah to say the least yeah yeah i mean like any reunion thing um i mean i have watched a film called Mass last year at uh, the BFI, London Film Festival. And I, I think it's a fantastic movie. I'm genuinely like five out of five, one of the films of the year. Mm. Uh, uh, astonishingly good film. And uh, Martha Plimpton's in it. Yeah. Martha Plimpton, who's obviously yeah. is in um, The Goonies. She's Steph. Yeah. She is indeed. And I can't not see her as Steph every time I see her in stuff. But she is a phenomenal actor. Mm. Um, and the only thing I have... With, with my own, and this isn't a, 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 in any way a stab at you, Jack. This is more my own why I not chose not to go down that path. It was like these actors are better than this. <laughs> I feel like I can do more with it. And also those who stepped away from it didn't do anything. I mean, Kihue Kwong in um, Everything Everywhere All at Once recently. Yeah, yeah. that was his comeback. It was. I'm he's like, been a stunt choreographer. For precisely. Years, I'm like yeah. this because it was always told like you kid, you're in like some two of these huge big '80s franchises or franchise big big films, big presence. We people know data and short round. He's yeah. only in two films. Yeah. Because his presence and his personality was so big. But it's like, you're never gonna get ahead in this industry because of how you look and how yeah. you sound, all this stuff. And it's horrible. And he just went, Oh, fair play. And then we see him in this film and he's both a bumbling, nerdy dad, but also a a, a one car Y object of desire. I'm like, Yeah. We've wasted this man. Yeah. I mean, obviously he's probably had a great career behind the camera and all that sort of stuff, but Put him back on the screen now. If there was any justice, he would have been Indiana Jones in like a, you know, taking the kind of mantle. Yeah, because we Um, we didn't do it in our our fucking Shia LaBeouf. But back in the back in the days of two pitches, I know that um, it was a big part where they were doing it in the past. It didn't fit for our pitch because of the time we said in the forties. But with the Plowshans pitch, I remember they thought that's the natural progression, right? Yeah, and similarly though. This is my, my son. You have a son. Yeah. His name is Short Round. Yeah. yeah. I love you, Indy. What the fuck? Yeah. Um, it's like, no, I got rid of that kid goddamn ages ago. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that sounds about right, you grumpy old yeah. piece of shit. Yeah. The, f- the 50s rolled around and I, you know, yeah. I, I worried he was a communist. Yeah. Goddamn <laughs> commies. Um, but yes, uh, so we talk about like, we'd like to see this in, in reality, 2015. Yeah, I'd have happy. Have, I'd, I'd, I'd like that. Yeah, 1987, love it. 2024, fuck off, don't want it. Mm. I don't so, actually want to go. So if Goonies you film. Google Goonies two, not only do you get obviously the Japanese video game I keep referencing, yeah, but you also get an IMDb page for Goonies two listed for 2027. <laughs> like, 
I know I know a lot of people don't realize this, but IMDb is just people making shit up a lot of the time. Yeah. It's edited by the public most of the time. Mm-hmm. So people take it as like, oh, it's an encyclopedia of, you know, film knowledge. It's helpful. Like, it can be forward. really helpful. It's often very wrong and badly edited on just wish fulfillment nonsense. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, Goonies 2, uh, I, 2027. I yeah. think since IMDb has been a thing, there's things like Batman and Robin 2 yeah. <laughs> and yeah. The Goonies 2 and The Godfather 4 and things people <laughs> want to see. And they've always been on their like legitimate projects in talks and everything's in talks all the time because they're yeah. properties. Yeah. Of course they are. And, and shit. Like we said, like the the Goonies literally has this history of people trying to get it get it made, yep. and Donners mm-hmm. tried, Spielberg yeah. tried, people like, at, yeah. at various stages who have said like, no, it's in active development, and then it do- goes away for a while, and then yeah. it comes back. And Steven I, Spielberg can't make it. Like one of the most yeah. influential people in the history of cinema. Yeah, he got all those in, licensing yeah. rights for Ready Player One. Yeah, he, he yeah, wants exactly, to yeah. make it work. And 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 the thing is, is that now the time has passed for it because it's... We're now 90s nostalgia. Yeah, yeah because yeah. it's because you've got Stranger Things, which has taken so many elements from it, it would feel weird to do it now. And Why I have to go back and do yeah, it on the 30th and now, yeah, and now, you, now you're just kind of past it. And, and the thing that we're going to see now is, you know, in 20 years' time, is people going, oh, I should get uh, the Stranger Things kids back together and... Uh, and make a series about you know oh them having their kids in the in the two thousands. Feel yep. old enough already, Tim. <laughs> and I, oh god, didn't need that. <laughs> oh god. And when we get to the early two thousands nostalgia. Yep. Godspeed, everybody. It's, the it's revival, coming, revival of new metal. It's coming. Matt's yeah. just wringing his hands at the idea that industrial and new metal. Will I've be always back in been here. <laughs> <laughs> I've been two thousand and one for twenty years. I'm, I'm going to be that guy saying like, "Oh my god, Keanu Reeves is back!" I'm like, Keanu Reeves never went away. You fucking dick. <laughs> you left Keanu Reeves. There's a difference. <laughs> I've always been here. Um, and we will see a lot of it. And and again, like all the good things, you will get a lot of like, you know, what we really, really need. Raunchy sex comedies, maybe leave them well the fuck alone. We don't need that. They might be We're doing back. American Pie back. Let's, mm, maybe let's yeah. not do that. The reunion, reunion. <laughs> uh, oh god. Uh. Also, I'm gonna say this. I know I don't say the top of the show, but I want to. I want to end the show with this. Why, in the name of Christ, did they name their character One-Eyed Willie? <laughs> Everybody in like, in school, everyone's like, that's that's a penis. <laughs> that's oh, like a. That's like that's a dingling. Double penis. <laughs> yeah. It's like a double double entendre. One eye Willie. Dickie that's, McPenis. That's, yeah. all, that's all willies, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, for all you one-eyed willies out there, if you have any ideas about the sequel you'd like to see from The Goonies, or if you have any thoughts about any of our sequels we'd like to see, please do let us know on social media. We are Sequelizers on Twitter, Instagram, all the usual kind of places. Not TikTok yet. Matt's on TikTok. So I'm, I'm I am. A, I'm a... I'm a uh, You're per- there. Perusa, but not a creator. T- <laughs> Jack is a voyeur. Yes, I'm a TikTok voyeur. He lurks in the shadows, watching all the things you're making, saying nothing. Exactly. Oh. If you'd like to follow me on social media, I am JLW Chambers. Matt, how can people follow you on the internet? Stogs, S T O G H Z. You can go to cheesemint.com to see the things that I make. You can go to the redrighthand.co.uk to see things that I review. Also, you can search for Sumo Drop via the BBG Wrestling Channel to see all my sumo wrestling coverage tim if you set out to see 
and were chased by a British armada. What kind of clues would you leave and where would you leave them, Tim? Uh, I, I would leave some truly obst- uh, obtuse clues uh, and the trail would start at trivia underscore lad on ah. twitter.com. Love it. It's uh, framed somewhere. somehow. Yeah. Uh, that, that's the best place to find me online. There you go. If you want to join the discussion, as I'm sure there will be plenty of Goonies fans on our Discord, you can come and join the Discord. You can find all of our live streams, all of the previous episodes, all of the merch, all that good stuff at sequelizers.com. All the all the things for all the sequelizers. All the things, things. All the time. Exactly. All the adventure your mind can handle. Sequelizers. Adventure is waiting around the corner. Love that, Tim. I really love it. <laughs> I'm, that must be a tagline for something already. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm sure it is. Adventure is lurking around it's the corner. Of those, it's it's going to be like Disney... Flight of the Navigator or something like yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, Do you remember those Disney things where it's like highlighting every Disney film? And yes. it's like, in a magical world where your adventures can become reality and your deepest dreams <laughs> yeah, that are on the horizon yeah. but your darkest nightmares are also there kind of thing. Yeah. yeah are also around the corner i guess yeah i mean adventure waiting around the corner sounds fun adventure lurking around the corner that's bad <laughs> adventure lurks around the corner it's an unmarked van it's like oh <laughs> mystic Ad- river coming <laughs> adventure awaits in a white van near you if anyone's seen Mystic River, I apologize. Because <laughs> that was a very dark joke. Oh, dear. Well, thank you very much for listening, everybody. We'll be back next week with more interseason goodness. But until then, have a lovely week. Hey, you sequelizers. Sequelizers sometimes die. Like to do, <laughs> to do an Alec and Tom did. 